Coulter, I'll take it away as you uh, introduce the segment, please. Yeah, so basically, um, yes. I think it's pretty straightforward. Do you have a question for me? Uh, I, I'm wait. Amazing. I'm working on it. This is bad radio. Well, the Diara wanted to talk a little bit about uh about Spider Man. He had some. No, no, no. No, that's the actual <laughs> is this your kid? Way. That's the next episode. What subject? Oh okay, man, this work. is a this is a train wreck of a segment, and I Derek, love. Derek. Just take it away, man. I'm laughing so hard. Now y'all made me forget, which is why I'm stopping. Because they no. didn't have anything but the Spider-Man No, thing. no, no. I have another thing. Oh, we're going to get into that, too. Oh, J.J. Abrams. Thank you. I finally remembered. And welcome to a, another edition of The Weekend to Take, hosted by Colin the Internet. It is Heads, hosted by your man, D.R. Lewis. Not the third. Not the third. There's only one. D.R. Lewis in this world. Someday. Someday? Oh, snap, bro. Okay. Be a junior? We'll see. I don't know if I want to saddle him with that. But then how can we ever get to a third if I don't get to create a junior? Facts. These are quandaries in my head. Anyway. Two boys, then back to back. Oh, back to back. <laughs> hey, George Foreman did it. George Foreman named all his kids George. <laughs> and so, uh, despite all that I hoped, uh, I am I am hosting this podcast. It's, we were going to, if the if the coin flip landed co- correctly, we were going to let our guest host today. Um, it did not, but we do have uh, back for a second podcast in a row. Uh, Daniel Davidson is back again. Say hi to the people, Dan. What it do? Okay, he's back. Uh, Austin. Has been taken out by a fourth joke. What really <laughs> happened is we're talking about Michael Vick today, and so we we barred the white people from the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. That's us. We're just kidding. We're just uh, kidding. I actually am a little disappointed because Austin has a slightly different take than we do. So yeah. it would have been nice to have him on on this specific episode. Also, of course, he's part of the program, so yeah, it's, nice to, it's nice to phone in. He's just, he's just <laughs> coughing into his neck, dying slowly. Also joined by the, uh, the the man, the myth, the legend himself, Thespian Poppy Terrell Huff is here. Yes, sir, I am, and um, oh, oh, so glorious! It's been a good week. It's been a good week. It's been a really good Not week for sports because we had nothing to talk about. No, we were struggling this week to come up with a topic. It's been a good week for getting paid for shit that you did like six months ago. Oh, Let's oh, put it like that. that. <laughs> It is a weird flex. I'm I'm, I'm down for it though. We know, we're always, At me, we always enjoy a <laughs> acting corner with with Terrell. Whenever you have some information on that, it's fantastic, like bro. It. It's fantastic. Y'all better get out there. Well, I'm serious, man. Nowadays, it's money out there for everybody. I'm just leave it like that. <laughs> everybody can eat, huh? Those, well, I ain't gonna try to act like I'm special. Come on now. So of course, the weekend it take. Uh, thank you for joining us for another edition. This is the podcast where we take one topic chop it up, distill it to its purest form. Our crack research team picks one topic a week. They did a whole week, Daniel. They just research and research and research, and then we choose one topic that we feel is most important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we talk about it. Wow, shout out to the team. Yeah, the crack yeah. research team. Oh, yeah. they do, it's they, legit, they're man. They're special. They're special. <laughs> and so uh, we, we've done that again this week. Uh, we will be talking about Mike Vick, um, a very controversial topic, a little bit of an evergreen topic this week. Because, yeah. Because uh, this... It's kind of an ongoing story, even though there's not really much new news on a weekly basis. But people just don't like Mike Vick that much that it kind of just keeps 
recycling over and over. True story. Movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, NFL kind of reintroduced him into our lives. Yeah. Um, Forced him into our lives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even though it's revolving around a game that uh, nobody really watches. Uh, the the, uh, yeah. the Pro Bowl. He was a good smoke screen if you want to delve a little deeper into that. That's what's up. Daniel, teasing. Dude. Already with it. Wow. Come on, man. Yes. Like a, like a, veteran, in, Already. a veteran in the game. Think about it. Already. All right. Well, before we get into the, the topic at hand, we, of course, have to throw it to uh, Terrell's first take because he likes to talk about topics before we even describe what the topic is. And yes. It's this weird little thing. And so we, we do it every week. Synopsis, if you will. Yeah, well, no, I'm the synopsis. He's just going to rant about the topic as if people already know what we're talking about. Oh, even better. Yeah. 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 So uh, go ahead, Terrell. Uh, well, I mean, I'll keep it brief this time around. Um, Will you? Th- there's this, <laughs> there's this, th- the whole Michael Vick topic is is gotten really annoying to me, and it's interesting because um, some of it stemmed from uh, a Facebook post that uh, Derek put out there, and uh, the vitriol and and just the the all the lemon juice and razor blades that one man can can just endure. It was just it was out there, and it was so much smoke and so much fire, and it was crazy. And it kept revolving around this idea. It's like dogs, pets in general, but mostly dogs are better than humans. And we, I think at some point or another, we've all been guilty you know, of, of having that feeling or at least saying it. I know there's been a meme or two I've thrown out there here and now on social media where you kind of like, you know, you get that impression. But realistically, and this is where with the Mike Vick situation, it's fun in games and it's cute and all, but when it comes to where we actually have a situation where we're kind of really we have human beings debating whether or not dogs are just flat out better than human beings. But let's be realistic. They're simpler than human beings. Mm-hmm. I have a dog. I have a 12 year old golden retriever I've had since almost day one. And I'm telling you, dogs in general, they just have one specific thing that they want to do. And that's please their human. That's it. And so they're just simpler than us. But this idea that some person is now irredeemable because of something that he did, that was horrific by all means. But we have to stop this idea where the basis of our argument for or against Michael Vick and whether or not he's paid his debt to society is based on animals, specifically dogs, being better than human beings and therefore He's irredeemable and he should never, ever be able to set foot out of his house ever, ever again. We need to stop that crap because it's trash. You can have a debate, but if you're having a debate on Michael Vick and what he did and whether or not he's paid his debt, it can't start with he's trash because because dogs are this and then humans are below them. No, you can't do that. So hopefully we can get into this a little bit more in the the meat of the, the podcast, but that's just kind of what was eating at me about this whole subject, even when it initially happened years ago and leading up until now when he was basically, um, I guess, I don't know if he was voted or selected to be a captain of one of the uh, uh, the Pro Bowl teams. It just reared his ugly head and it came out again. And now people are right back up on their soapbox about how he's cruel to animals and he should never, ever get another opportunity to be in front of our eyes ever again. So. Hopefully we'll get into a little bit more, but if that's the basis we're running off of, we need to stop because it's just dumb. All right. Well, if you had no clue what any of that means, <laughs> that's because we have not told you, what, we have not recapped what this Mike Vick situation is about because that was Terrell's first take, sponsored by J&T Charters. Spoiler! Official charters of the Memphis Grizzlies. So, we thank them for their sponsorship always, uh, and we thank you for Terrell's first take. Hmm. Um, and so... 
as we move the mic a little closer. Just oh, little, I hear that. <laughs> Terrell's wearing his headphones today. So, oh, I, I heard that. It was loud. It was, the moving of the mic was loud. Yeah, it was yeah. like an earthquake coming. You can always hear things. That's why I, I don't want to do it. But little, you know, when I get into the editing booth, just well, at least Austin ain't here. Yeah, yeah, it's a pound on the table, <laughs> banging on the desk. <laughs> you know it's real though. That's how you feel that motion. In the mic, you know. And so now uh, we'll get into a little bit of the recap of the whole Mike Vick situation. So basically this stems uh, back when Mike Vick was a member of the Atlanta Falcons in the uh, mid-2000s. Uh, he was caught in association with a uh, dogfighting ring, which is kind of very popular in the South as far mm. as these illegal rings and getting dogs and fighting them. Um, and it's something that the, the United States rightfully wanted to crack down on. And so they got the opportunity to make Mike Vick kind of the public image and cug face of that. And so you oh, have yeah. to understand that that's where this all shapes out is that they're trying to crack down on this situation and Mike Vick's a very popular figure who they can use as kind of the face of their of their thing. So as an after, example. Yeah. So they're, <laughs> after, they're after Mike Vick very, very hard, which, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's just the facts. Um, and so, <clears throat> eventually Mike Vick and his cohorts all pretty much get caught, all pretty much get prison time, but his cohorts actually, you know, kind of pin the blame on Mike Vick. And so Mike Vick, as they wanted, becomes, you know, the, the face of this, this dogfighting ring goes to prison for what was it 18 months uh yeah it was at least a couple of, almost a couple of years yeah it was 18 months mm-hmm. and uh so obviously he's suspended by the nfl um that was an indefinite suspension mm-hmm. um and so mike vick's in jail um his cohorts are in jail they kind of snitch on him or whatever you want to right. you want to frame it right. to reduce their prison sentence right. these are people let's be real these are not good people they all right have records well realistically well. they wanted the biggest name they could get so of course the authorities focused on mike vick and it wasn't too hard to get his boys to flip on and, it and, right. the, and these are people who are easy to squeeze because right. they've already done time because they was already criminals yeah. to begin with yeah. right so uh, so so mike vick is in jail uh mike vick uh Let's not. I don't want to downplay his involvement in it. Right. Uh, from everything, from what he's admitted to, um, he was involved in some heinous killings of the sure. dogs that involved hanging, drowning. Right. Uh, well, he bank he bankrolled a lot of yeah. it, and and his his money really realistically allowed, you know, the level of this that this thing got to. His money kind of allowed it to get to that point. It's, not that he, you know, it seems like his yeah. his main function was bankrolling, but he also. Right. He participated. He, he participated from right. his what he admitted to to uh, to also help reduce his sentence right. to, and get a plea deal right. through. He admitted to a lot of heinous things. Yeah. Um, he he also uh, excuse me. Uh, I got lost in my thought. He, he, well, he, so I, I'll say this: uh, if you look at the, there were pictures. You know, things have leaked out over the years, and there's been pictures and things of that nature, and it, you know. Obviously, there was like a visceral reaction to these pictures and these things that were done. And then also some of it is just people's knowledge of what has happened, whether it's animal rights groups or what have you. Um, and it and it and it always comes off when you have this conversation about whether or not you're somehow justifying what happened or justifying what he did or what these people, I should say, do, because let's be realistic. He was by no means the godfather of dogfighting. He you know 
and and of course we'll is, get into this is something later. that he grew up around right. right as a youngster and has always been in this around this life so this isn't something mm-hmm. that mike vick of his own volition sure you know created dog you know with dog fighting what i was going to say is he made sure to mention that he made no money off this he didn't profit from this venture this was more of him kind of setting up his friends to do whatever they wanted to do mm-hmm. i'm not exactly sure why that was important for him to note right but for me it would have been more important to distance myself from the actual heinous acts but mm-hmm. i mean i guess that's the best he could do with his plea bargain I mean, and you know there's always this possibility that it was true that i'm sure so, he so they wouldn't come after some of his money that he yeah. has right now oh sure it's like you know it'll go right. gains and such so yeah he's already doing pleas and such. So. so that's a good point. So Mike Vick serves his prison sentence, comes out, um, the NFL sees the contrition, he becomes a different person. Oh, from sure. All, from all we can see from mm-hmm. the outside, mm-hmm. he starts uh, He starts fighting for animal rights. Yep. Um, he tries to become a role model within the community. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets a second chance with the Philadelphia Eagles, has some success on the field with uh, under Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. And so that rehabilitates his image pretty significantly. Yeah, um, at least from a football standpoint, football and just you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's been he's been you know for all intents and purposes, he's been a model citizen yeah, since, since he's since you know done so, his time and and, and you know his debt to society. Saw fit to reinstate him, and all that occurred. He has a pretty good back half of his career. He's never, of course, the Mike Vick that he the electrified sure. Mike Vick that he was in Atlanta. Sure, that has since passed. But he's good enough to have a couple of uh, a few. He had good a couple seasons of good seasons. And end his yeah. career mm-hmm. the way he wanted to end it. Um, on, kind of on his terms. So mm-hmm. Mike Vick fades out of the public spotlight for the most part because he is no longer a professional athlete. Right. Um, now, flash forward to about two months ago, yeah, give when the take. NFL decided they were going to somewhat honor Mike Vick mm-hmm. by making him a Pro Bowl captain. Well, even before that, though, I believe he was doing some type of, not broadcasting, but some type of... Um, yeah, he he was doing some NFL work. Network or something, right? Yeah, he, there he, was yeah, some... Yeah, he was involved in yeah. Interviews here and there. He, he, there were some he, he subjects was, that they brought him in. He was, he was kind of... It was interesting because they had brought him in on some subjects. I know they re- had recently, prior to him being named uh, captain of the Pro Bowl team, one of the Pro Bowl teams... Um, they had actually asked him about the Kaepernick situation. They did. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, yeah, like. there's been some some things that he's been brought in yeah. on interview-wise, you know, to kind of get his perspective on some things. Well, um, he, and he did, yeah. he did become an NFL Network analyst for mm-hmm. a little bit. He wasn't mm-hmm. very good at it. That's why no. I was wondering that because obviously he was still involved in football in the NFL. Sure, yeah. yeah. In the spotlight, yeah. but right. obviously he, he not never, until recently. He never this, left the game, yeah. per se. He just yeah. left. Public consciousness. He left the spotlight. Yeah, no one cares about yeah. NFL Network. Anyways. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, it's a good point. He's never been away from football per se. He's mm-hmm. also uh, involved in one of the football leagues, I believe. Uh, uh, flag football. football yeah. 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 He so was. He, uh, I think he was coaching. Yeah. So he's been around. Yeah. That's the point. Um, and so yeah, then fast forward to two months uh, or, or so ago, and they name him a Pro Bowl cap- captain, and yeah. um, which you know it. <laughs> People, Real people, under the radar. Want to make it seem like this yeah. is some kind of big no, It was honor. mad under the radar. Like yeah. I, well, yeah. That's because it always is under. It's not yeah. like the NFL. Like it's the Pro Bowl. It's just, like yeah, it's not a big thing. Like, right. I they forgot they still, they still had captains like that. They have captains in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's actually like the newest thing, I guess. Is yeah. that like yeah, Michael Irvin right. and Jerry Rice. Right. Have done this like Jerry past. Rice. Yeah. Like in Deion Sanders. Like yeah, they basically select the team based on the votes of the fans. Oh, yeah. Like flat. Like pick up football. Like street football. Kind of. Yeah. Really. It, no it, more, and I think that was kind of the goal of it was kind right. of making it no a more AFC versus yeah. NFC. It's, yeah, it's you they, just pick teams. They pick teams, mm-hmm. which so the NBA 
if I'm not mistaken, yeah, does that now, too. Right? The players do it. Right, they, they have the players yeah, select, same, but still. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I think they also do it in the NHL. That's neither here mm-hmm. nor there. Just the point, we're, I guess, we're making is that this is not a yeah. big thing. He, 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 he didn't become an assistant coach <laughs> for, uh, you know, the, the New England Patriots. Not, like, gonna, you know. <laughs> they're not going to honor him at halftime. Right. He's getting like $10 million, something like that, yeah. his job. Yeah. <laughs> right. This isn't the NFL, you know, saying, hey, Mike Vick's. Yeah. Someone you should look up to oh, yeah. in this specific situation. Right now, that's not to say the NFL has gone out of its way to actually treat Mike Vick like sure. a model NFL player. Right, um, they respect Mike Vick. It's very clear. Yeah. So I don't think the NFL would necessarily run away with from it if well, they yeah. wanted to honor him. But that's not what this is. Right, um, like so, they they really could have you know they really could have used him to bring attention to the game, which. Is about probably the most difficult thing in all of the NFL fo- NFL football to do from a marketing standpoint is to make people want to watch the the Pro Bowl because well, don't nobody want to no watch one, Pro. Bowl. I mean, for all the fanfare that's happening with Mike Vick right now, no no one's gonna watch the Pro Bowl still. So it's, right, it's it's, it's, it's not going to affect the Pro you Bowl's can, you know ratings. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. Mean, some people would like to do hate watching. What? Okay, watching. so maybe it'll be good for them. I, I, I'm not gonna watch it either he's way. Not even, but yeah, like he's some not people even, are so polarized that it's like I want to just watch his team right. lose and. Yeah. Or, or like, no, I support my Let me support him in his yes. endeavor. Sure. Pro Bowl team. And watch him lead them to victory. I mean, it's possible. He's literally not going to do anything that day, though. That's yeah. what's so funny about it. Like, hate watching the Pro Bowl mm-hmm. or like, I guess, protest in favor of Mike Vick watching the Pro Bowl, whatever right. you're doing. Like, it's kind of, I, I get what you're saying. And it's a valid point. It's yeah. just that it's not going to be, and then, like, if you're watching the Pro Bowl for Mike Vick, you're going to get nothing out of that except right. for, I guess, the joy or... Because I don't even know that you're going to see him. It's not like he's going to be on the sideline. And if he is, it's not going to be that big well, of a no, deal, you know? Because then they do that, like, yeah, I mean, but he's clapping it up. I mean, he's basically Jason Garrett. Like, nobody cares. Every day about situation, Mike Vick. Mike Vick. Exactly. You know, this was controversial. No. Walking stroll on the sideline. So yeah. anyway, so that has what's that's what's been igniting this debate for the last two months. It feels like uh, yeah. it's become should the NFL have anything to do with this should they game? acknowledge him should at all whatsoever? Should they acknowledge his presence? He's done heinous things, yeah. And so that's kind of started us on a a debate about redemption and who is allowed to be redeemed and sure. who is not allowed to be redeemed. And it's it's falling along many lines. There's there's the dog, you know, there's the dog versus human lines. Mm-hmm. There's there's a racial component to this as with many stories. Mm-hmm. And so this this falls on a lot of lines. So I before we, you know, we're going to obviously be conversational about this as we always are, but mm-hmm. like what are your broad thoughts on the Mike Vick controversy? And we'll start with Daniel because you have your first take so everyone knows what yeah. you think. Yeah. Y'all already know where I'm at. Yeah. So, Dan, what, you, what, what is your what are your broad takeaway beats on this? How do you feel about the situation overall? It's a strange feeling, just because obviously, like you kind of explained, Derek, he did what he's supposed to do. What we say he's supposed to do, he got punished. He served his time. He right. did the community service. He kept his, his nose clean. He's kind of just been going to work, going about his business. But now people are like, okay, well, since you're in such and such situation, we should we don't want you involved at all. Yeah. But basically, it's like okay, so if people who have committed crimes, convicts, felons, whatever. When they come back to society, do we really want them back at all? Should we just leave them locked up for the rest of their lives? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they only have certain skills that they had made before they went in. Right. Mike Vick, his entire life has been football. Yeah. So it makes sense that he came out, right. you know, started playing again, started uh, commentating, things of that nature. Yeah. So, of course, he's going to be around the game because that's all he really knows what he's good at. So I don't see any issue with him making a living off of doing that. Now, for the NFL, you kind of can maybe debate the reason why they elected him and all that kind of stuff. But... I think it's maybe looks good on them for at least kind of giving him a branch out to kind of still be around the game he loves, mm-hmm. people that he knows to kind of help him get back on his feet. 
So him doing that, I don't see why he shouldn't be allowed to at least make some type of living doing right. that as well. Well, it's interesting because like there's the idea, and it 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 it, it goes to as we, as I said earlier, who is allowed to be redeemed, who's not allowed to be redeemed. Um, there's you know, there's people who commit heinous acts who are walking among us all the time. Now that doesn't right. mean that people who don't like Mike Vick don't also dislike those people. Yeah, but they're not getting much shine. Sure. you know that. The idea that you just need to keep harping and harping on Mike Vick for hey. these, these are this is a almost a decade ago we're coming up on now that this has been done with and he paid right. prison sentence. Frankly, right. this might shock some people. For me, I actually think he probably should have gone to jail for a little longer. That's not my call. Right, <laughs> he got the sentence that he got. He he did the he, time he that he was supposed time. to do. He came out and he started right. trying to be better. Right, and so like he he could have literally just said, you know what, I'm gonna sit on this money that I made because remember he was one of the first guys. Or if he may have been the first guy with a hundred million dollar contract, he was. Uh, you talking about with Nike and all that kind of stuff? Well, he actually had a hundred million dollar contract. Yes, oh, yeah. like he was one of the first, if not the first guy to get a hundred million dollar contract. You know, yeah, I. You know, we talked earlier about you know maybe them coming after his money, but for the most part, I don't think. You know, he's hurting. So it's like, but here's the thing. And this is what annoys me is like, if you're not keeping the same energy, when you see that fluff piece about some white supremacist that got his tattoos removed Mm -hmm. and is now teaching kids not to be white supremacists. Or is, you know, like that's the part that annoys me is that who aren't even. But we glorify, we glorify, we pick who we glorify for for redeeming themselves. People who aren't even trying to be redeemed, right? Committed acts and sure. Oh, he did his time. Even even like a a, a Donald Trump, who is admittedly admitted to sexually assaulting regularly. Um, he hasn't paid for it, right? But that's something he's admitted to, right? And but he's not held to the same account, right? even someone like within the black community, like a Chris Brown, sure, not really held to the same account, right? Um, he's not shown any like. Any, he's not showing any improvement. Sure, and so like people still support Chris Brown and like his music, and that's fine if that's who, how you want to get down. I can't tell you how to spin your. Dollars, well, and we but, see where you're going, which but, is that, I mean, a lot of these issues that just those two people and many other that you have mentioned, it's really interesting to me how it, it revolves around some sort of abuse of women. Yeah. Mm. Well, at women and for Chris Brown, black women, and we all know that. There you go. And so it's amazing. Yeah, black women are treated in this country. Sure, just, exactly. Let's, let's just be. Real. I mean, let's not They're be. Li- yeah, we can't be what, naive. That's with that. what has hit some of what uh, you know black Americans pain because mm-hmm. black women are literally disappearing off the streets right, right. now, and no one seems to be advocating for right. them. Right. Uh, meanwhile, you have people advocating like for. It, we still it, looking it, for Natalie Holloway. What? <laughs> like, yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, if somebody gonna go there, I'm gonna go there. We still looking for Natalie Holloway, <laughs> like, or we still talking about the dude that that snatched her up in Aruba. Like, come on, man. Like, mm-hmm. and, nah. And, and man. meanwhile, you know, and if you're, if for me, it would be a little different. I don't know how you guys feel about it. It would be a little different if Michael Vick was actively still hurting dogs right sure. now. Right. Um. Obviously, that's something. But right. there's no. The he can't even vitri- own a dog the, right the now. The amount of vitri- he actually does own a dog now. They, well, they, I think, but allowed, initially they, they allowed he, he wasn't to, allowed he, to. He wasn't yeah. allowed to, but they allowed yeah. him because he said he wanted to teach his kids right. how to treat for an Right, animal. exactly. He didn't want them to be like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but when, <laughs> if he was doing something right the second, that would be one thing. But instead, you know, you're kind of coming after a man who's actively not doing anything to anybody right now. Right. Shouldn't that focus be elsewhere? It's kind of always my thing. Isn't there a better place to put this hate? Right. Yeah, and like I'm saying, they're not even him like hurting dogs, but like 
getting in trouble at all. Yeah. Like, I haven't heard anything about him with, yeah. with law or anything like that. So he's, doing, he's been like a model citizen. Right. And he'd be the perfect so target for something like that. That's yeah. the funny thing because let's be realistic. We live in a society where, you know, when people have, you know, if they're salty against somebody that maybe they didn't feel like either, you know, did the kind of time that they should do or they didn't feel like they paid their debt to society, let's be realistic. How many other athletes or just, you know, people uh, of, of some sort of notoriety, how many times have we seen where they've, gotten in trouble after the fact after some big major event and then all of a sudden they're in trouble again not saying it's thank you Mm -hmm. yeah i mean and not saying that he 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 didn't i mean because i'll be the first person to tell you man you know he did that come on now but that being said that doesn't yeah (laughs) but but that doesn't mean you know put the dude in jail for x amount of years over some nonsense like like you know somebody got his memorabilia and he rolled up on some dudes like hey man give my shit back like and he in jail for another 10 years. Like, all I'm saying is, it's like there's situations where it's like, oh, we have to get it right this time. Try to make up for it. Michael Vick isn't even putting y'all in a position mm-hmm. to, quote, unquote, get it right the next time around. Because Michael Vick is living his life as a as a productive part of society. He's he's literally doing more in some cases than the people that are complaining about him that are supposedly animal rights activists. He's literally doing more than most of these people. Oh, yeah, he's still a big supporter of yeah. animal rights. Like he's out doing yeah. things. And what's interesting <laughs> to me is some of the false narrative that's kind of emboldened itself around Mike Vick uh, because it's one thing if you, if uh, I've said this in a, in a Facebook post, it's, it's mm-hmm. on record. Right. If you hate Mike Vick, I can't tell you who to hate. Right. It's not my job. Right. That's between you and your deity. I. It's not my thing. Right. But you know, don't find reasons. Don't make up reasons. Excuse me. You can find reasons because right. he did something. But don't make up reasons to hate him. There's this narrative that he's never even apologized. Right. He's never. He doesn't show any remorse. Right. That's people. People truly believe that, and it's just false. He yeah. issued a public apology that he clearly wrote himself because. Quite frankly, the grammar isn't that good. Sure. And that's fine. He did. I actually like that. I like yeah. when someone releases an apology themselves and it's very clear that they wrote it because it yeah. shows me that they thought about it. Right. Um, and <clears throat> he also, as we said, he's done a lot of work with sure. the community, not only for, you know, kids as trying to be a role model, but mm-hmm. specifically animal rights. Right. And so to act like he's not shown any remorse, that's just a false yeah. narrative. He could have avoided the subject. Like, <laughs> He literally would he have been fine never, to avoid the subject. Yes. But when you have people whose perspective is clouded by just that one thing, their their perspective is so clouded by the fact that he hurt, he harmed animals, that he hurt these dogs in horrific ways and killed these dogs. Their perspective is so clouded by that that they literally can't even see what's going on after he paid his debts to society and then continues to do things that he does not have to do. Like he was not demanded that he come out and, and be an advocate. Maybe initially when he first got out, there might've been some stuff going on with this sentencing, but 10 years on, he's still doing it. Like, and, you know, well, there is the cynical uh, way to look at things and to look at life and right. say, well, he's only doing this because he wanted to rehabilitate his image. Um, he, you know, in the, right. when he came out, he wanted to get back to try to sell sure. and jerseys and play football, and right? Play football, and so he needed to show some contrition. But it's it's just it's a very cynical way to look at life. Sure. And even I, who kind of am a little judgy at sometimes, I don't want to I don't want to look at people that way. I want to believe that people mean what they say, right? Especially when they give me no reason to believe otherwise. I. I yeah, you gotta believe Mike Vick's being watched 
uh, well, sure. 24 seven. Right. Some, in some he has to understand by, that by he's the, in the public the, eye. Uh, yeah. Yeah. By yeah. The, I mean, he's, he's let's be realistic. Mike Vick he, yeah. See if he messes up again. Uh, and he's, he hasn't. Yeah. yeah. Mike Vick is, is, is a living, walking, talking urban legend. Like, mm-hmm. let's be realistic. Ask Deshaun Watson what he thinks about Mike Vick. Ask uh, Lamar Jackson what he thinks about Mike Vick and so on and so on and so on. Mike Vick is to those guys what Randall Cunningham was to Mike Vick and so on and so on. And you could just keep, you know what I'm saying, and Warren Moon and guys like that. That dude couldn't we 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 joke about him just kind of disappearing and he really could have done that but he really can't like he's he's really that big of an influence on some of these young quarterbacks nowadays uh mobile or not just he's he's just sort of this this legend to those guys so i mean lamar jackson's literally breaking mike vick right right, now right so the idea that you know he can't be a part of football i honestly feel like there's a, a, a contingent of players that would not allow that, that would not allow him to not be a part of football, that would not allow. I can't see it happening because they probably actively go to him and ask him questions about, you know, hey, I play a similar style of ball of you. What do you think about this, that, and the other thing? He he can't not be a part of football. Well, that that brings us to to an interesting an interesting kind of crossroads, mm-hmm. a, a debate. Mm-hmm. What. What does the NFL? First off, I guess the first pro- problem is Mike Vick did some. He's he's admitted to doing some pretty of course things, mm-hmm. right? So there's that question of what is too far? When do you? Is there is there a point of no return where you can no longer be redeemed? And who who should be adjudicating that? For instance, if he killed, if he was a serial killer mm-hmm. and somehow he got out and re- rehabilitated his image in such a way. I don't know how that would even be possible. Right. So that kind of strains credit credit more, credit, more credit like maybe like if you uh, battering women. Yeah. That's, that's, sure. That's probably a better. Right. That's probably a better. Yeah. Uh, if he was right. a serial uh, batterer. Yeah. When does the NFL? At what point does the NFL have to banish someone for their game? And at what point can someone not be redeemed? Mm. Um, it's kind of a. It's kind of what the topic is because mm-hmm. clearly for some people, Mike Vick either has not done enough to atone or can never atone. Um, so, w- what do you guys think about that? Is there a point of no return where someone can no longer be redeemed, where football should be obligated to kick him out of their sports, their 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 sanctum? Um, because as far as a professional athlete, he he's doing a job, and so mm-hmm. he's getting paid to do a job, right? And Contractually lose speaking, yeah. of that, uh, people. The NFL isn't a privilege-based system, or at mm-hmm. least it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. If you're good enough to do the job, you do right. the job. Right. Well, there is some, As we've seen over the years, is, yeah. Also, the NFL does have the right to kick out whoever they feel like, which... As we some, know. Which sometimes they use very incorrectly. Yeah. But yeah. that's still their right as a business. Right. I mean, we got a guy that is not in need of any sort of redemption that is currently not able to play in the NFL right now. So we ain't going to go there, but you know what I'm talking let about. And let him eat. Yeah. So, I mean. If you want to know our thoughts on that, we have an episode yeah. two. Episodes yeah. Back. You can go listen to that. But, um, yeah, I, you know what? I it, It's interesting because. It obviously comes down to what the initial crime is. Obviously, I mean, we can't get around that. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, let's just take out of the equation being able to come back to the league and do things. Let's just say, you you know, the Ray Carruth of the world, for instance, um, who, if I'm not mistaken, recently got out of jail for what happened 20 some odd years ago. Um, when you look at situations like that. Ray Carruth, quick reminder that Terrell is 40. I'll be 44 in a couple of weeks, uh, <laughs> but um, hey, I'm, I'm proud of mine. You know what I'm saying? But um, sure, but that being said, <laughs> <laughs> but there is always going to be 
a level of redemption, but it's going to come down to the person that did the crime, you know, because let's be realistic. The person that did the crime, regardless of whether they got out of jail, regardless of whether they were able to resume whatever life they had before they did whatever they did, they're the ones that got to, in their minds, they have to be like, you know, they have to feel whether or not they redeem themselves or not. Mm -hmm. We in society feel like, though, that we have to, you know, have some say in the matter. Mm -hmm. And with that being the case, um, to me, it's so tough to say like at what point is somebody not redeemable because to me I've got to see that person's attitude after they did whatever they did and supposedly did their time if that person gets out and they're still you know like you see guys that um got busted for DUIs um what was the kid's name that played for the Cowboys that uh in the offseason got in a really horrific accident and killed one of the other guys that were on the team um right and we didn't remember who right and we can't be Brown stands out but I can't remember the kid's name but yeah. that being said, if that if a guy does something like that, you you kill one or you really hurt badly one of your teammates or something like that, you're out drinking and driving and partying, and then you go and you do whatever time you get, or maybe you just you know suspended or whatever it might be, you come back and then we see you in the club, you know, right after you, you know, I guess whatever your your punishment was, mm-hmm. we see you in the club drinking and wilding out and jumping in your cart. Okay, that right there. That's to me, that's not somebody that wants to be redeemed. Right. That's somebody that just want to do what they do. And it's like, okay, I did my time. I'm good to go. That's privilege right there. Right. That's just like, I feel like I should be able to continue to do these things. And if you don't like it too bad, that person to me is not worthy of redemption. Not because I say so, but because they obviously don't want it. So to me, anybody that wants to redeem themselves is worthy of redemption because they're going out of their way to do something. So whether they're stuck in jail or whether they get out after they serve their time, if they want to be redeemed, they'll do what they need to do to redeem themselves. And we shouldn't have a say in that. That's, a, that's actually really profound. By the way, the person whose name we finally have said on the podcast was Josh Brent. Brent, Josh Brent, Brent. yeah. Brent. There you go. Uh, his teammate was Jerry Brown. Right. Um, and what was sad about that was that supposedly he could have saved him and gone back to the car before the car caught on fire and he didn't do it. And what's so. interesting about that whole situation is that his mom, Jerry Brown's mom forgave Josh Brent yeah. very publicly, which actually kind of ties into another reason this has kind of taken a life of its own, which is uh, the Amber Geyer case where mm-hmm. his parents publicly, uh, she's the one who, a Dallas police officer who mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. thought she was going into her apartment but was in another man's apartment, mm-hmm. uh, John Allegedly. Um, and she killed him mm-hmm. and she, uh, she was she was sentenced for that that crime, but his family publicly forgave him, mm-hmm. um, and so that her. became a talking point where you can forgive her, his, right. But you can't forgive yeah. Mike Vick, so that right. became a thing. Yeah, there's it, obviously there's, a racial overtone to it, and we want to act like, and maybe even a, a gender wise, you know, gender wise, there may be an overtone to it. But I mean, we don't want to talk about it, and it's like, no, you have to. You can't say you want to talk about whether or not somebody's worthy of redemption and you want to make past judgment on somebody about whether or not they they can redeem themselves over something that you consider to be unredeemable. But at the same time, you want to say, oh, well, we shouldn't put a racial aspect on this. No, you have to because it's obvious. We right. see the difference. Like you see how much vitriol comes out about this dude. But then it's like, Everybody else gets the benefit of the doubt. Like I know, I don't, I don't. Nah, man. I, no. Personally, I think redemption has quite a few different qualifications for you to be redeemed. Sure. Especially in America, mm-hmm. one of those is going to be time. Right. The longest been since that things happened, people right. forgotten, moved on. Sure. Um, another one is kind of what can I see that you've done? Mm-hmm. Are you doing community service? Are you going like on TV apologizing mm-hmm. so I can kind of mm-hmm. see that you. 
feel remorseful and you're telling me that. People right. Like, people like to see that. Sure. Another thing is image. Mm. Um, what do you look like? Do you look like maybe your average thug? So like, no, he definitely won't do that because that's what he looks like. Right. Or maybe they say like, oh, well, maybe he's in the wrong place in the wrong time. Right. So it's to go easy on him. And you say in regards to, to whether we decide somebody is yeah, redeemable. Yeah, whether we right. decide. Like whether we America look at somebody in a lot right. of times. Exactly. Yeah. Like a combination of those as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would think for the NFL, because it wasn't Mike, like Mike Vick got out of prison, did his thing, and then went straight to the NFL to start. You know? yeah. Yeah. Right. He kind of had to take his time. I think he went to like a few counseling sessions with the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he finally got to play. After his playing time was over, right. he still wasn't like a, a commentator yet mm-hmm. or a sportscaster yet. He still had to take some time yeah. on that as well. And he wasn't an immediate starter, by the way. No. I mean, let's be very clear. He, the, an injury was the reason why he, you got know, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm thinking the reason why info so, was so comfortable putting him on that stage again right. in terms of being on TV is because they probably were tracking his progress in mm-hmm. terms of what are you doing in the community, you mm-hmm. know, every day, every month, every year. So they kind of can see his growth and development. Sure. Like, okay. Now, us as a business, we forgive him. We think that he's done enough to kind of redeem himself so we can go ahead and put him on the front of national media. Sure. While the regular average Joe fan is like, oh, I haven't seen him doing anything. Well, yeah, like, he, he doesn't care anymore. They actively believe he never should yeah. apologize. So. Right. Yeah, so, okay, some like, of the people might not even know he went to jail. I mean, it's been 10 years, like some, some, or however long it's been. True. Some people may not even know that dude did time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the crazy part, is, is the lack of knowledge of some of the people that got the most to say about this situation. Some people think he's still be in jail. I was like, yeah. Yo, come like, on. come on now. Well, I mean, that, and that goes back to the severity of what he yeah. did and what he's admitted to. Uh, because I, I'll tell you this something that, that Wade, that actually got me thinking on this subject was one of my friends said, well, because she didn't know very much about the situation, mm-hmm. so we were kind of playing it out in real time. She was on like Vic's side because she knows about the racial undertones, uh, but she kind of looked up what he had done, mm-hmm. and she said, she said to me, well, um, if he did this, he's in all likelihood a psychopath, and we know that psychopaths never change. They just get better at adapting, and that's kind of where the redemption arc kind of took a different meaning to me because it's like, is he even capable of being redeemed? Is this just an act? And that's impossible to adjudicate in the public right. forum because there's no way we can't know his 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 soul. But like I said, if he was doing something that was psycho psychopathic, it has it feels to me like with the amount of scrutiny he's under, that would have to have come out by now. So well, and that kind of got me thinking on his initial crime because people just kind of take at face value whatever you know the judicial system says to them, right. there's a lot of people in this country who take that at face value. And as mm-hmm. we know, black people do not do that because we have we have reason not to. Right. And, um, and for that tone for the psychopath thing, usually psychopath thinks someone does something out of the norm. But like right. you said, though, like from growing up his community, that yeah. was kind of normal to him, even though it's oh, like... Oh, sure. In the South, that is a normal thing, that's something unfortunately. something he's seen since he was a child. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot so. of... There's a lot of... Uh, and this actually ties back into the dog thing. I, I, I want to get back to that for a second, uh, but I just want to finish the... Uh, the point I was on on the psychopathic thing, which was just that, um, I lost my thought. <laughs> on live radio, this is great. No, it, it, well, it, I know initially you were saying like, how do we pass judgment on, you know, um, you know, saying somebody's a psychopath? And it's like, I'm sorry, but the dude's not sitting outside of the local ASPCA in his car, like, you know, foaming at the mouth, like watching people adopt dogs. Like, like, no. You did it for me. You did it. You saved me, Terrell. I got back there. Okay. Um, people, people, yeah, that's why we don't do a one man fight. Uh, people take what the police say at face value. And so they just like, well, Mike and Vic admitted this. Right. It's, it's I, it's easy to forget the context of the police very much wanted this to be a Michael. Yes. Case. And to me, it's never made sense for him 
to really be that hands on with mm-hmm. this product because right. a, he's an NFL player and that's, that's, that's thank you like yeah this you, dude is spending very- most of his week preparing for X team Y team and he's supposed to be running well, I, I a huge just, dog I fighting ring very lopsided people in general because they're always thinking about their craft sure um my, like Dwayne Wade retired from basketball and Gabrielle Union made fun of him because he didn't know the cost of milk yeah that's how like he was yeah that's how dialed with in her fine self are. by the so way oh, he's out here. I'm sorry I know I'm off tr- oh my god. <laughs> Did you just, did you Why you got to bring up Gab? You man, that she is just. She 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 went to she actually um she went to Skyline High School for a little while. You you never heard a story about Jason Kidd dumping her? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. My bad. My bad. Go ahead. No, no, no. We're good. We're good. We're good. No, no. Go ahead. She's fine, man. She's so bad, dude. Oh my god. Now if I get a kitchen pass, that's the one right there. If I get a kitchen pass, that's the one right. Or hall pass, I'm sorry, that's the one right there. I'm sorry. Proceed, proceed. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You shouldn't have brought her up. A moment of levity, especially with his marital issues. Why the Lakers didn't hire him? This is why. Can't be in L.A. Going to address marriage, like, oh, you did what? Can't be in L.A. Proceed. Back on point for the second time. Uh, people, they really wanted Mike Vick to be the face of this game. Sure. Yeah. And so there's, you know, when people want something, they are going to go out of their way to right. make it happen. Regardless of the fact that it's ridiculous to think that a full-time football player is, going to, is uh, out here. Is out here yeah. Has time to drown. Is a dogfighting ring kingpin. Yeah. It, it's much, much more sense that he was bankrolling these guys right. who are actually the real heavies, mm. who actually have this kind of criminal behavior in their right. background. Right. And they're the ones actually executing these things. Right. Um, but people, you know, and... <laughs> So that's that's to me where I kind of get to on that. Sure, is that's kind of my just read on the situation. Obviously, I have no way to know if that's actually the fact of the matter. Um, but you know, if Mike Vick really enjoyed killing dogs, I have a feeling he'd find a way to keep killing dogs. So yeah. I have to think that he doesn't actually really get that much enjoyment from the physical torture of dogs. Right. This is just something he grew up around. Sure. Was interested in, and so he helped fund it for his friends. And yeah, he's interested in dogs fighting each other. Right. And you know, we all have that kind of macabre interest. Like we watch boxing, sure. we watch hockey, for MMA, you we name watch it. The NFL for right. the hard hits. We all have a little bit of that, right. that in us. We may not all want to admit it, yeah. but yeah. So, to, mm-hmm. so the actual physical dog fighting, well, I would never we watch World Star videos. Like, come on, too. Don't lie. Don't act like you ain't watched a World, oh, world Star yeah, video. Everyone's watched a all World right. Star video. Okay. A time or two. All right. In their day. Some dark <laughs> <laughs> just in your in, just in your room watching World Star. I'm just yeah, saying. Like, right <laughs> rock bottom. That is high level content. <laughs> um, so that that's kind of where I get to on on the whole. Uh, is Michael Vick a psychopath? Does he really enjoy the torture of dogs? I don't know. I'm never gonna know. Right. But to me, um, you have to understand the facts of the matter are. That, you know, the U.S., the United States, States justice system really wanted to pin this on him. Right. So everything that he admitted to might not necessarily be what he did. It sure. also might be what he did. And so you kind of have to attack it from that. And you also have to take his further actions into account when you do that. And right. His further actions show that, hey, maybe this was just a cultural thing that he thought was that he had rationalized in his head. Hey, this is OK, um, because this is the culture I've been around. This is what I've known. Mm-hmm. And so this might not, this must not be that bad of a thing, or you know we would be getting in a lot more trouble for it. Sure. And and then over the time he realized, hey, this is terrible. What I did was wrong. Um, and people can't really people have trouble empathizing with that fact. And I think that's 
we're kind of going to shift it to because people have a much easier time empathizing with dogs than they have empathizing with humans. Right. And the example I would give on this is like Michael Vick, when I bring up, hey, maybe he didn't know any better. This is kind of his surroundings. This is how he grew up. Mm-hmm. This is, this it was a pastime. This is kind of nurtured. Yeah. This is what, how he was nurtured to be. People are sure. like, well, how could he not? Uh, I would never do that. I would never do this. He had to know this was wrong. And it's like, you're, you're putting your own sensibilities in play. You're not really looking at it from his angle. Sure. Your past, yeah, it, like yeah. your own socioeconomic status. Yeah, too, your yeah. own. Right. You don't really know. Why. But what's funny is there's a very common narrative right now that people should not be passing judgment on pit bulls because it's all about how they're raised. Sure. So, um, yeah. so right. it's like you can empathize with, you know, if you raise a pit bull, pit bull wrong, he's going to be aggressive. Sure. But why does that same access not go to humans? To you, I, I don't thank understand. you. You know what's funny is that as soon as you sent out the message that we were going to talk about this, that was it, it, as I'm running things through my head because that's just the way y'all y'all are writers. I I got to run shit through my head just so I can just <laughs> understand how, you know where I'm coming from on a subject. But that was one of the first things I thought about was like we're going to sit up here and we're going to justify a pit bull biting a kid or a human being and say, well, if they weren't trained that way, they wouldn't have done those things. But then we look at Mike Vick and we just say, oh, he's just a freaking psychopath. No, dude. Like he literally grew up in, in the South, you know, so to speak. I mean, Virginia, but still, he grew up in the South and he saw this probably more often than any one of the people that are complaining about it the most that are so salty about what's going on with him right now. Mm-hmm. He probably saw that a hundred million times more than these people would ever have seen. The, the thought of this is it, to these people that are just so upset about it. The thought of dog fighting is horrific to them. Like these are the type of people that if they go to a dog park and they say to see two male dogs, which happens all the time at a dog park, see two male dogs, boom, you know, they kind of, they, they, you know, barking at each other or they going at each other, but not really, not in a dog fighting way, but just doing what dogs do. They are horrified by this. Mind you, this dude grew up with the actual physical, yes, no, we're going to put these two dogs together and we're going to make them fight. Sometimes it was just bragging rights in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I've seen that before. I grew up in Oakland. I've seen it before, even though it's not as prominent there. So this idea that, well, you shouldn't train a dog that way. If you don't train a dog that way, the dog will never do those things. It's not the dog's fault. But then you say a human being on the other end, it's like, oh, well, a human being has critical thinking. Yeah, but it still comes back to something. You've been seeing something since you were a child, probably. And the assumption is that that's okay. Mm-hmm. And so when you become an adult and you have money and you have time in the off season, so to speak. And you, and this is sort of like, you think this is a pastime, right? I mean, go back to what you know. Yeah. I mean, people were in Florida fighting in their backyards, beating the dog crap out of each other. Human beings are doing this. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that was something that they saw and they think is normal. Like, yeah, like we can put this on any level. I mean, you can fight goldfish if you want to. Bottom line is, is that this crap happens and people think it's just okay or it's normal because if they've seen it, it, you just drill something in somebody's head constantly. They talk about racism. How many times we've seen a meme? Where we got a black kid and a white kid. Like we remember the one with the kids in Brooklyn? They're about three years old, two, three years old, and a little black kid and a little white kid, and they see each other and their parents see each other and they come running up oh, to each yeah. other and they're hugging. Mm-hmm. 
and everybody was, oh, this is so amazing. See, you don't, you don't, uh, racism is taught. It's not, it's not, you know, you're not born with it. Exactly. Which I believe. I that think, is I, the I, point. I, I agree. I think you teach certain behaviors. Right. So if you're taught something like that, as horrific as it may be, don't tell me somebody isn't redeemable when they've been taught something is okay for years of their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, you and can't do that. That's where it hits home specifically for me. And that's why it became a little bit personal for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because if you're telling me people can't change, mm-hmm. then that means I live in the United States of America that is never going to change. Right. It's always going to be a racial powder keg of right. racism. But yet, and, why and, can't we stop talking about racism? And, and so if you're be telling me race? people can't change, yeah. then you're telling me this, right. this country is, is right. doomed. And that's a very yeah. bleak prospect. Exactly. Right? In addition to that... But they won't say that. Right. That's not what they think. And, and that's the that, problem. Change is very important to me because I've changed sure. as a human. I'm sure. not the same dude I was 25 years ago. I have, there's a lot in my past of sexism in my past. And you're telling me that I can't overcome that. I can't sure. be better than that. Right. That like that hits home. So when you're telling me Michael Vick can't change in some ways, and I shouldn't necessarily do this, but in some ways you're telling me I can't change. And right. And it gets, it's like, well, all right. You're kind of, and now it's personal nah, because it's, personal. it's like, because, because you, it's like, okay. You, you think yeah. once you're, you think the product of your environment right. doesn't matter and that you're just going to be who you are no right. matter what. Right. And that comes down to a, a misunderstanding of good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Well, then you have to also question our entire, our entire legal system and, yeah. and kind of jail system as well. It's like, okay, well, people never change and why ever let anybody out? Yeah. Right. You know, anybody commits a crime, they do the time, but right. they go back and do the crime again. Yeah. So why is no there time? Ever going yeah. to change. Oh, you're just going to get worse. Criminals right. Because people will be coming out and will never change. The prison system would actually kind of love that. So, unfortunately, yeah, because they, they seem love to be. Yeah. Just yeah. keep their little slave pipeline. Oh, it's going and, pretty well for them right yeah. now. So. Yeah, sure is. But yeah, this it's, it's, and so it gets back to the, the, the overarching kind of topic of this conversation is who's allowed to change right. and who's not allowed to change. And so, yeah. Well, and it's a sort of subject because in, it's like you were just talking about. Anytime you want to have the impression or the, the opinion that XYZ can't change based on something that they did, you're really attacking a lot of people. You're, you're essentially attacking everybody. If you, you know, you want, we want to put it on a, that one little thing he did is irredeemable, but it's like, it's a, that's one thing out of, Think of all of us and all of the things that we used to do that we don't do anymore because we've either grown out of something or we've understood that something that we were doing was not right. It could be anything. It could be eating habits. It could be sleeping habits. It could be going to the freaking gym. Like, it don't matter. It's There's a million things that you probably do or don't do now that you used to do that you shouldn't have or vice versa. Well, and even as a society. Like, right. Like, 10 years, 20 years ago, a dude could just constantly just like bug a, a woman. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, he's just, you know. He's and it was funny. It was funny. He's been friend zone with right. about, or he's in love. And it's like, oh, it's romantic. Yes. He's really trying to win He's so heart. persistent. No, no, he's harassing a woman. Yes. And that used to be perfectly acceptable behavior. I know because I participated in it and I didn't go to jail. So, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, I'm not proud of it at all. But I'm right. Saying, but the point of the matter is, yes, happened. exactly. Right. right. Um, And so. So this this idea that you know people do bad things even in the society we mm-hmm. do bad things but for us and for our mind and for a lot of people we we want to put things in these boxes of things that can't these of good and evil right I was born inherently good and mm-hmm. then there are these people who were born inherently evil 
I have to fit them into that box right. so that I can feel better about myself. Right. And so apparently that, no one can change the box. Yes, yeah, no, no one's... Good well, if, 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 it's <laughs> well, because the, if I change the yeah. boxes, that means I could change from good to evil. Right. Yeah. That means I'm not inherently what I am. People don't understand that being good is something you have to wake up and work at every fucking day. Yes. Day. You don't just get to be good exactly. and be good forever. Luke Skywalker. No. But no, you <laughs> but no, a hundred percent correct. It's like it comes back to us having to have our comfort zone. It's like you know, we, you know, nowadays it's, it's cliche to talk about, quote, toxic people and toxic relationships and toxic situations and stuff like that. But all that boils back to going back to, OK, I'm in my little box over here and I'm going to put other people in this little box over here. And then the idea that, oh, no, you have to stay in your box. You can never leave it because you did these things back in 1998. Nope. Sorry, it can't happen. And you can't live like that, dude. Like you I feel like you have to have flawed people and flawed Situations you have to be flawed, you know. Well, you, I mean, you have to, well, you have to have the empathy to allow people to change, right? Because it, another thing that this is how toxic people stay toxic. Sure. If you don't provide someone the space to think that they can change, then they will not. Right. Because they're like, well, if you don't believe I can change, there's no reason to me. Right. Why bother? Why exactly. would I bother? Exactly. And it takes a while. You know, in an idealistic world, people would just change for the sake of change, mm-hmm. and some people can do that, and I right. commend them on them. But a lot of people change as a reaction to how they're treated. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't get the proper response I wanted. I need to change." Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's just how the psyche works. That's just how the human brain works. Yeah, like, it's just basic, you know, psychology. And so, if you don't allow someone the space to change, right. then they do get a little bit defeated. We even see, and it's funny because we see that with white people say stuff like that all the time. Yeah. It's like where it's like if they're uh, if someone's talking about racism, and then a white person comes in and says the thing, and they're, they're kind of wrong, mm-hmm. and then people attack them. They're like, "Well, I was trying, right. but now I'm I'm gonna now stop. I'm just I'm gonna, gonna yeah stop trying yeah." And then they don't want to they don't want to engage back. anymore. And it's like, no, you. Yeah, I, I so, so, so people yeah. get these ideas because they say themselves themselves right. all the time. It's just that in the in other contexts they don't. Well, it takes effort. It, it takes effort, well, and that's the thing. It's like think about it like this: if you know somebody that's flawed, somebody's got all these issues, but it's like you want to be a friend or you want to be an advocate for that person, you want to give that person, like you were just talking about, the space to get better and be a better person. But the problem is, is there's an effort that you have to put out. And it's like people aren't willing to put out that effort. It's just like it's easier to write that person off as shit and keep it moving. Like, it, and it goes back to this whole toxic versus non-toxic and all. It, it, it's a great under, you know, it's a great theory, and and I get it and all that. But bottom line is, is that there are people that, and yes, that person, and this is where the effort aspect of it comes in for me. You're gonna try to help out. Friends and you know when I was a lot younger, I had friends that you know alcohol was the issue, drugs was the issue, whatever it might have been, and it was like you had I, I couldn't as a younger person I couldn't take into my brain, okay I'm going to help this person out because I know this person is going through something and they're struggling with this situation, but in my head because I was younger and I didn't want to put in the effort, it was like that one mess up was it, so I can't have you around me. I can't do that. Like now, not now. I can't do that. Like now it's like, you know what, what they're going through is really, really difficult. So the idea that I'm supposed to just sit back and give this, you got one chance. No, you can't have that mentality. It's got to be like, you know what? Look, 
it's hard. I know what you're going through. And they have to understand that you understand what they're going through, because that's the other part of the issue is that a lot of these people that are going through these issues don't don't think that other people understand what they're going through, or at least they just don't think that anybody cares what they're going through. It's just like, why are you even keeping me around? You know, kind of a situation. So people need to understand that that they're redeemable and that they can be better and that people and that the people around them understand that they're going to make mistakes and they're going to probably, you know, have setbacks. And but yet, hey, I'm still here for you. And also you got it. And when I talk about that effort again, I'm also talking about you have to know when to pull back mm-hmm. and when to be present. You have to understand there's times where you're going to have to pull back. You may not talk to that person for a few weeks or deal with that person. And it's the same thing with the Mike Vick situation. I guarantee you there were people in his life that he either had to be that person for or he was that person and he and people had to you know step away from him and say dude you can't do this type of thing right. and so everybody goes through that from a redemption standpoint and it's just got it's work man it's like, work like you were saying see i think a good point of it or a good a big part of forgiving somebody allowing them to change is also empathy yeah so he made a mistake but also you can see that that could have been me sure maybe not the whole dog fighting thing but something else i've done wrong that yeah. became public mm-hmm. i'm doing at work something with my you know, my marriage or something like that sure. as well that could easily be me on that side. Mm-hmm. So would I also want the same chance to, you know, redeem myself, right. to change, to get that would, would I expect an opportunity right. to, to be better but if, if I were in so a situation? Like, oh, well, we're never, we're nothing like Mike Vick at all. Right. I can see anything like him at all. He's that sure. person. We're this person. Right. You know, we can never find that common ground. Right. Because they mean, put it in that one category. Exactly. They didn't say that. What, what could I have been, what what could I have done that, that I, I would need redemption for at some point yeah, in my it's life? it's like, oh, I've never needed redemption. Yeah. It's like, Really? Yeah. In your entire life, yeah. there's nothing you've done that you think right. came to light that everybody Everybody's in the got world something. knew. Not just like mm-hmm. your family, your close right. friend knew that you messed up, yeah. but the whole world right. that you would need something. Which he was in the situation where, yeah, he just had more people that knew yeah, about what he did. Yeah, that's all it really was. Right. Like, he did something really wrong, mm-hmm. but also really wrong, and he's a super celebrity. Yeah. You know? Well, then that's, I think that's honestly why black people react the way they do, because it's that othering of Mike Vick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's making him an other. Because historically, that's how we've been made to look. When we do something, it's ten times worse than right. if somebody else does it. Because we're already we're barbaric, we're animals. Yeah, we're it's, it's, we're, it's we're, I told we're, you we're, so. We're mysterious. We have, right. we you know, we're a wild card. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. and really, we're just humans who mess up, mm-hmm. just like you. And like to me, everyone has something in their past that they would, oh rather, sure, you know, not come out. It's, right. And so everyone's probably done something not not as heinous as dog fighting. But just a step below it. Yeah. Just a step below it. I, I, you know, I don't think there's too many people who are out here walking around free and clean because people are flawed. Right. People who mess up are going to continue to mess up, and that goes back to you giving the space and the empathy mm-hmm. to grow. People who are really trying are just are they're flawed and they're gonna mess up. If yeah. you have whatever your character defect is, it takes a long time to overcome it, and even after you've overcome it, you're still going to probably slip back every once in a while. Yeah. So you know. There's a give and take between seeing that effort that they're changing and then also recognizing that they're changing, but yeah. they're also messing up simultaneously because that's how people are. Right. Which which is what makes Mike Vick's situation even that much more perplexing to me is that he hasn't. Yeah, we haven't mm-hmm. seen any. Like he's he's literally doing the exact opposite of what he which is being which makes just raked over little, the coals for. Makes me a little nervous, honestly. I'm not gonna lie. When I, when right, I thinking feel, something might pop up one day. Like, yeah, I'm like, he's so clean that it's just like he can't be what, this clean. Yeah, what right, if something just yeah. comes up tomorrow because yeah. Well, I think he had the realization because like you hear a lot of times when NFL players or athletes fall out of their sport and mm-hmm. kind of get into other trouble and mm-hmm. such. He kind of saw that if I can't be around football, 
I don't know what's going to happen to me. So the only way to get back into the NFL is to kind of be on that, on your up and up every right. day, do right. the right thing all the time because I want to play football. I yeah. want to talk about football yeah. on TV. So I have to be held to a yeah. different standard than like, you know, average Joe yeah. here in terms of like disappearing or something. Yeah. Every I mean, this was federal up, stuff, man. I, I mean, he was at Leavenworth. <laughs> like the feds was on him. Not yeah. This wasn't local Newport News, Virginia cops. Like this mm-hmm. was the feds, bro. Like, that dude ain't doing nothing that the feds don't know what he's doing. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, so if he had done something, trust me, they, you know, that's, they, yeah. that's the point I was trying to get at earlier. If he yeah. was doing things that were criminal, right. he would be back in jail because yes. they're looking. Yes. <laughs> they're looking. Um, and so that, that was a interesting, yeah. that was an interesting topic. I think we covered pretty much everything. You nice and tidy. Up. Oh, we never got, no, you know what? We never got to the dog versus human thing. We kind of touched on it. On the yeah, when I when I went into my little first we take, really I mean, yeah. Touched on the dog. How do you do? You feel like dogs are better than humans? No, I, like I said earlier, man, it, it's it's a simplicity thing more than it is good versus bad. Um, we as human beings are complex. We have millions of things, you know, that could make us happy or make us feel content as human beings. There's so many things: money, relationships. Uh, uh, any food like we just have all these things that just make certain people happy but with dogs it's very simple i have a human and the human smiles or gives off a vibe when i do this 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 and this so i'm gonna keep doing that Mm -hmm. and it's the simplicity so when you see because the funny thing to me is like are these people that are so against michael vick are they seeing like pit bulls and fighting and stuff they seeing their golden retriever they're seeing their Chihuahua sitting across from them. They're seeing their Lhasa Apso, their Labradoodle. That's what they're seeing. They're not seeing these pit bulls and, you know, and, and beefed up and, and, and fighting each other. They're not seeing that unless it's shown to them. They're seeing their dogs and they're thinking to themselves, this is my dog that does everything that they can to please me. And that doesn't mean I'm not saying like some dogs are bad and some dogs are good. My point is, is that. They're looking at it from a standpoint of my dog is a pet. And what they don't understand, and we talked about it earlier, is it's this thing that these guys were raised with. They don't look at dogs as pets. These are assets. Mm. These are things that make them money. It's like you if you really want to dig down deep on it and you really want to talk about, you know, like where the all the anger comes from in this situation. These are the same people that feel like dogs shouldn't be out on farms herding cattle. These are the same people that don't think that dogs should be sniffing drugs. I'm glad you mentioned cattle, though. You know what I'm saying? People own cattle. They're more like property and objects as well. Exactly. When they get old, when they get Mm -hmm. injured, when they Mm -hmm. displease them, Mm -hmm. what do they do to them? They're gone. Now we're on the subject of not only who's allowed to be redeemed, but what's allowed to be a pet. Sure. Because people see things as pets. People see dogs as pets, right? Right. People don't see tigers as pets. Nope. People see tigers as wild, rabid animals. Right. Dogs could be that too if you let them roam around in the, in the wild and and, and right. go back to their natural feral cats and stuff been, like yeah and sure being you know so it's interesting you know in China they sometimes eat dogs sure so you know they probably view dogs differently so it's it's it, there's a lot of cultural right stuff that's yeah. wrapped yeah. a lot of things that societal that is wrapped up mm-hmm. in these things that make but it, it people for me people infantilize dogs sure. To a to a very extreme extent, because like people and when they do anything wrong, they kind of just like, well, that's just a dog being a dog, like right. a cat, like a cat's a dick. Yeah, 
cats are dick. Yeah, no, they, they, and, and even they, the they, even they, the cat they, lovers know that yeah, the, the, the cats are dicks. Yeah. Like, and it's funny to them. Yeah, <laughs> my cat just set the house on fire. What the <laughs> yeah, fuck? If a human did the things consistently that cats consistently yeah. do, right. people would hate on that human for that, yeah. and rightfully so. Yeah, but y'all seen the Allstate commercial? What does he say? What, what is what is what was what, what, the guy mayhem? Uh, what does he say? He's like, this is like millions of years of tiger DNA. I'm just just <laughs> the only reason I ain't killed you yet is because I'm too small to do so. And I'm trying to figure out how, but I I, I just I'm too small. So so yeah, man. Let's stop with that nonsense, man. Terrell brings it back to commercial life. I'm just saying, bro. Like, and and look, it's what, I, it, what, it's what frustrates well, me about the conversation. It's the fact that he's an easy target. I, I'm tired, you know. Yeah. You know, for, it is. for me, I don't think humans are any better or any worse no. than dogs. And no. I believe that in every sense of the word. No, we're just like more if, complicated. If dogs had the capability to do the things that we did, we could do, they would try to do some of these yeah. things. I've also thought that too. Like if animals had, like, like you said, the yeah. people thinking, the reasoning of us, wouldn't they probably still have right. yeah. 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 Look, hey, Tell me how you feel about dogs if they had opposable thumbs. Yeah. Tell me how you feel about dogs I then. I don't give... And that's just, I guess that's just how I view things. I don't give yeah. you credit for for things that you can't do. Like I was having right. an ar- a very silly argument with one of my friends online who was like, "Well, no, dogs are objectively better. They can't cause world war. They can't cause wars. They can't, you know, you know, they can't cause genocide." I'm like, "Yes, opposable they thumbs." Have, but they don't have the ability to do those things. So if they don't a dog can pick up your phone, they don't get any credit for not doing them because they can't do them. Right. We've seen dogs like what kill birds and cats. Yeah. And other dogs. I mean, yes, the, like the next time a dog brings a headless squirrel to your front door, don't tell don't me. Be like, oh, good boy. Yeah. He's murdered yeah. somebody. <laughs> like, come on, man. That dog <laughs> murdered that animal. Think of your pet as murderous being. <laughs> Stop looking at them as, as the... <laughs> Imagine, what if it's a child? <laughs> like, I love dogs, but I kick the shit out of a rat. Like, come on, man. That was, that was your, true, that your was cue. Cute. That was your cue to be like... What if she was white? <laughs> <laughs> we gonna do. We, we gotta. Uh, yeah, now we gotta get Matthew McConaughey into every episode. <laughs> now what? Now imagine she's white. <laughs> and I cry. And that, scene. That dog brings that Peter said. I don't imagine. What, what, I don't imagine she's your king. <laughs> <laughs> On the next, is this your king? <laughs> are, are, are dogs your king? <laughs> So yeah, it, 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 it's interesting when we allow empathy and mm-hmm. when we allow the space Agreed. for change. Like, yeah. That's with, between animals, that's between human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of societal factors that go into them. And I, I, I think, for, especially for you know the minorities of the country, we're just asking people to be mindful of those, especially right. when they're talking about someone who is literally doing nothing to anybody yeah. at this very moment. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's just living his life. Yeah, just let him be. It's yeah. over. Well, those dogs didn't get to live their lives. Like, come on, man. I mean, I'm not condoning what he did by any means. Right. It was, um, it, was it was bad. Shouldn't have been doing it. Um, but you know, well, I, take I, it up with the take it up with the feds. Yeah. Take it up with the local authorities. He, he, take it up with the people that he, sentence people for those types of things. If you really feel like he should have been punished more than that, how about instead of taking it into your own hands and deciding you want to start a GoFundMe for people to go and toilet paper his house, or, or or deciding that you want to boycott the NFL? Over of all things, him as opposed to some other things like racism. Um, yeah. Racism. Uh, okay. Well, you said it, and so I mean that being said, it's like okay, take it up with the authorities. If you really feel like okay, doing what he did with dogs, 
mandatory 20 years or mandatory 50 years or 100 years or whatever. If you really feel like that should be the case, fine. Take it to the feds. Take it to the authorities and ask them. Ironically, as Mike Vick is doing, take it to the authorities. What? Mike Vick is trying to change legislation. So yeah. I, which, again, brings me back to what I said earlier. It's amazing to me that he's doing more than some of the people that are so salty about what it, him actually living his life. And he's doing more than most people. And, and, and frankly, know. those are the kind of people I'm talking to. Like, yeah. I got... It was funny. When That's I where my, my issue is. When too. I posted my status, two people who were like super empathetic mm-hmm. and like always talking about you know racial issues mm-hmm. and, and and how how we're not paying enough attention attention to certain things, always talking about sexism, racism. Mm-hmm. Two, two of those people came after me. Right. I'm, like, I'm not even talking. to Derek, you. that's a bridge too far. <laughs> I'm not even talking about you. <laughs> I know every day that you're treating yeah. humans and dogs and you're right. putting things on the same level. You have the yeah. perspective that I'm actually criticizing. I'm not talking. Yeah. To you. I'm talking to people who just right. want to hate my. Yeah, family. like let's be clear. I'll ask. I'll ask somebody, and it, it, this is meme worthy. But I'll ask somebody before I touch their dog. But I'll walk up to somebody and shake their hand and dap them up like it ain't nothing. But I'll ask them, "Hey, man, you mind if I pet your dog?" Like I love dogs. But that being said, you know. I'm not a dog. I'm a human being. And I've got to be a little bit more sympathetic to other human beings because of the fact that we see where this conversation has gone. We see how this dude, what kind of shade this dude has caught when, again, he's doing more than the average person that claims to be an animal lover is doing. And you can say, well, he was forced to. No, as of this moment, Michael Vick ain't got to do shit. But I think like we're but be black and die. Like that's I mean, all he got to do. Him, like talk about him. Doing yeah. Like kind of show him like parade himself around. Like I'm doing this. Yeah. Like, like we don't even know but how much cares, he's I doing. I wouldn't even talk about him because like, I'm right. because I want to do it. Yeah. yeah. Because, Ironically, I'm, if he was smarmier about it, he mm-hmm. probably that, would be getting more credit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm there would be a Michael Vick chapter of the ASPCA somewhere in Virginia somewhere. Like no. Like this dude is just behind the scenes. He's doing things because I really feel like he's truly contrite about what he did. And I I just hate the fact that, you know, if you're not going to go and look at all those things before you make the decision that this dude is just irredeemable and he's not worthy of your, you know, at least respect, you ain't got to like him. But if he's not worthy of your respect, but yet you've you've yet to go and see what he's done and what he's doing now. Nah, man, your, your argument doesn't hold any water with me. There's nothing you can say to me. That's going to make me sit there and, and, and look at your perspective and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. No, no, because you're not even looking at what's in front of you. Nah, man. Well, in that sense, you think the NFL might should have stepped up and defended him a little bit more? Um, maybe explain maybe what he's been doing well, or anything like I, that? Or? If I was waiting on the NFL to do this, <laughs> you're supposed to do that. How many times have you said that one? <laughs> but, yeah, in a perfect world, they would illuminate some of the things that he has done, you know, not only to help yeah. their brand. Like why but, they're comfortable having him around. Yeah, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. he's done to change, they would detail a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The reformation pro- uh, uh, that he has undergone. Mm-hmm. But we know that the NFL isn't going to oh, yeah. They saw a controversy and they're like, we are going to back as far away from this yeah. as possible without actually just not making him captain because that's another thing yeah. they could have done they could have just not made him captain right. but the Pro Bowl was trending yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Pro Bowl was trending you know how I said I'm not a cynical person oh that right. is not true when it comes to the NFL I, 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 I inherently cynical about anything the uh, yeah. probably I probably go overboard with the cynicism when it comes to the NFL so mm. yeah I can definitely buy into that the Pro Bowl just saying so uh, anything else you guys want to get off your chest on the no, man. topic Mm-mm. Because I'll just say this. I, 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 like I said, if you don't like Mike Vick, 
I'm not here to change that. Right. I'm really not. I, I do not care if you hate Mike Vick. I just would like you to ask why you hate Mike Vick. I would like you to ask how is it productive for you to hate Mike Vick. And if you're not doing anything productive with that hate, hmm. maybe direct it towards other things. Even within the same vein, if you hate dogfighting, it's still going on this very minute. Right. Direct it towards some legislation or some 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 centers. And maybe you are. And if you are, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> so, right. But, uh, it, you know. That's they, another you know, problem with society. People don't know when people talking aiming something at them, and when they're aiming it at other people. Like, like, I hate. Like, I ain't do nothing. Like, you, yeah, okay, thank you. I pay my child support guy. Like, no, we're not talking about you, homie. Like, we know you're doing what you're right, supposed yeah, to be yeah, doing. Yeah, we talk yeah. about other people. If you, if you know, maybe think about some of the human rights issues that yeah. are getting enough shine right now. Because, like I said, black women are literally getting kidnapped out of thin air. Yes, and no one is doing anything about it. Flint still does not have drinkable water. We still have children in cages. In cages. Yeah. Jade Smith exactly. up in Detroit doing work. So if, if if you're not doing anything about that, but yet you're screaming about a dude who's literally not hurting anyone, he's in his home right. doing nothing right now, mm-hmm. well, I have questions for you. And that's all I'm saying. If you're doing, if you if you have focus, if you have enough time for, to focus on that and also rant about Mike Vick, mm-hmm. you have a lot more time than I do, but Godspeed to you. Right. Um, and so with that said, we're gonna, we have some, we have a lovely sponsor today, Terrell. We do. We do. We have a lovely sponsor. And so we are going to get them. Uh, we're going to kick it to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little, little Spurs basketball. Yeah, a little bit, a little something. Spurs basketball. We got a, is this your king? Uh, it looks like I'm ranting again. So we'll do that. That's what's and, up. Uh, of course, we'll go away after that. But uh, keep it locked, man. Keep it on the weekended take. Terrell, Daniel, Derek, back at the break. <laughs> this is John Thomas Aloysius Booth on behalf of JT Chowders, official Chowders of the Memphis Greenies. And I'm here with my trusted bus driver, Antonio Tony Jackson. Real talk, son. Uh, say hi to the folks at home, Tony. How y'all doing? So, as a billionaire philanthropist playboy who has a bus, we're going on a world tour, and you're invited. Tony, tell them where we're stopping. Tony Stark style, baby. We're stopping in Memphis. We're probably going to hit up Brooklyn. BK. Um, let me see. Uh, it's by bus, but but we definitely going to England. Uh, and we probably gonna go to Africa pretty soon too. Uh, Tony, tell is Hustle Gang gonna be there? All um, Dipset. Hustle Gang gonna be there. So the tickets start at five hundred and fifty nine dollars and fifty nine cents because that's my favorite number. Uh, you know how Jeff Davis loves four four four. I I love five hundred fifty nine dollars and fifty nine cents. That's what's up. And so join me and my trusted bus driver, uh, Tony, Antonio Tony Jackson, as we go on a world tour. That's J&T Charters, official charters of uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Welcome back to the Weekend to Take. It's your man, D.R. Lewis. Not the third. D.R. Not the third. D.R. We're back with Daniel Davidson, our special guest. What to do. And that's being Poppy himself, Terrell Huff. Yes, sir. Hope you enjoyed our lovely sponsors. We always enjoy them. The good folks. At JNT Charters, the official charters of the Memphis Grizzlies, and so we're going to talk a little Spurs basketball, gentlemen. Um, you know they're kind of they're, they're on the right path a little bit. They keep I, yeah. having minor hiccups. I would say so. I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of left them for dead a little bit, and they've actually are forming what looks like could be a bottom tier Western Conference playoff team. Not yeah. necessarily desirable, but right. you know. But I mean admirable. that's yeah so, that's so, where so, they've been the last two years though too. So. Um, what were you going to say, dude? Oh, I'll say another way of saying first round bounce, you're saying? Yeah, pretty much looks yeah. like 
I mean, even with how they're playing right now, they mm-hmm. look like a first round bounce. They don't yeah. even look like they'll go as as tough as they did last year when they took uh, Denver to seven games. Should have won that still series even at this point. Now I will say their ceiling looks a little bit higher than I would have thought. Yeah. So maybe they can get to the point where they'll give someone some trouble. But at best, this is probably a second round exit team. At best, mm. all all things, all, everything going well, and that's what I'm saying. That's right. optimal. Yeah, and that second round would probably be a sweep. Like yeah. it's you yeah. know they, maybe they, maybe one they maybe have one no game. No chance of being anything yeah. more than that. When you look at the way the West is shaping up, yeah, yeah I, I would say I would say so. Um, yeah. You giving me that look? I'm not, and I'm not saying they have any business being in the second round. I don't mm. expect that. I don't. I but don't it know, could happen. But I I could see a world where. Right. DeJounte takes it to another level. Right. Derek White kind of steps it up to another level. And they the, catch the, the right pieces, matchup. The pieces kind of form together a little better because they are starting to get get a little more consistent with mm-hmm. uh, DeMar scoring and Lamarcus mm-hmm. scoring. Mm-hmm. And then maybe that looks I, – I, I still kind of see what, why you give me that look because I still kind of struggle to see how they're all going to fit together to mm-hmm. beat a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But I guess I can kind of see a little bit there. Who's it going against? Is, is the Suns right now right in front of them or – uh, Trailblazers, I believe, were the the team that was right. I mean, yeah. they're literally, they yeah, nice like they're a half game or something keep, like that. They yeah. keep going up and down. Let me pull yeah, up yeah, the yeah. wins, you know. It, but, it, yeah, the last time I checked, yeah. they were. So I guess, I guess it's kind of good how tough the West is because kind of everybody's getting beaten up on. Yeah, so kind of just running away. From right, them, so kind of keeps them in the, in the race. And I honestly think that's kind of some of the method to the madness when it comes to pop and 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 some of these lineups and stuff like that that he's putting out there i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're really not moving very much even with a loss here and a loss there they're not moving very much it's not like they're dropping a 14th you know like they're you know now that being said there's not very much room between them and you know 14th but you know but the point is is that just to interject real quick Mm -hmm. uh so they're the ninth seed right now. The Portland Trailblazers are the eighth seed. The Portland Trailblazers have 19 losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Spurs have 18 losses. So there's they're still right. technically, if you want to think about it from a control your own yeah. destiny standpoint, this early in the season, if they were to quote unquote win sure. out, which would never happen, sure. they would make the playoffs, and the Trailblazers right. would not make the playoffs because right. they have an additional loss. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the seventh seed has only 15 losses. So that's kind of they're starting to get some room between sure. seven and eight. Right. And then below the Spurs, uh, the Suns and Kings have 20 losses, mm-hmm. so they kind of have a two-game lead. So even that's kind of yeah. separate. Which, by the way, the Suns were were looking really good uh, until the last several weeks, which is kind of crazy to me because they, they're actually relatively talented. But, yeah, I, I mean, but like I was saying earlier, I mean, it's just, you know, you got the minutes restriction thing um, is, is has gone away with DeJounte. Mm-hmm. So now it just comes down to, and I really do believe – this was some of the, the lineup stuff that we were seeing. I really believe a lot of that has to do with it. Um, interesting, their last couple of wins have been blowouts. Like, and, and a lot of people don't put a lot of stock into blowouts, but it's really, really important to see that because the two teams that they quote unquote should have beat, when you look at all of these previous should have won games, it was either really, really close or they lost. Yeah. And now it's like there's to a point where team people are looking at these teams that they're playing and saying, okay, they should beat that team. They, they've got the talent and, you know, the coaching to beat XYZ team. And they're not just barely beating these teams. Now it's like, you know, 20 and 30 point wins. And I think that's important only because it shows – when you have wins that big – it usually has something to do with the lineups and, and the cohesiveness and, you know, because you don't develop leads like that when your lineup is trash or like when your lineup isn't, you have a bunch of players that don't mesh well together right. uh, on the court at the same time. You don't typically get, 
blowouts like that in those situations. So to see these last couple of wins, regardless of who they're against, to see these last couple of wins um, say a lot. By the way, those last couple of wins that they did get were against teams that beat them previously. So for them to turn around and beat teams that have knocked them off earlier in the season and to do it in huge fashion, that tells me that lineup-wise, I think there's some more consistency. Again, DeJounte doesn't have the minutes restriction anymore. There's a word you were looking for. Yeah. And it shows consistency. You're kind of right. talking around it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but, yeah, that, but yeah. It shows that they're putting consecutive quarters right. of good play together. Right. Which is something that they have struggled to do. Right. They can do it, especially, you know, offensively or defensively. Mm-hmm. They've not been able to put consistent quarters of, all right, we're, sure. lock, we're locking down on offense and defense at mm-hmm. the same time. All year. So they're starting to finally mm-hmm. do at least that much. Right. Um, you are starting to see some better lineups out there, which is, whew. Exactly. Yeah. Some, of, some of these, I, I'm still a little aghast that Lonnie Walker doesn't get more minutes, but. I think a lot that, of people are. are yeah. More sense. But, you know, it, I, it feels to me like there's this internal struggle of do we give him the ball and let him create versus do we put him out on the floor and let him run the floor and make things happen that way. You know what I'm saying? Because I see situations where they give him the ball and he's like, and he like, you know, like there's this like, ah, and he, I gotta do something crazy. Yeah. But then there's situations where like him and maybe Derek White are running the floor and you saw like last night, you saw some alley-oops and you saw some things like that. Or you saw situations in transition where he made a good defensive play and then he ran the court and he was rewarded or he just ran the court himself and, and, and did his thing. So, yeah, he's a young guy. Right. And so, he, and so that's he what you're going to get. He has two speeds right now. Right. Which are. Sitting on the I'm, bench I'm, and I'm, on the I'm court ISO. running full speed. I'm, I'm, ISO, I'm ISO guy. Right. Pouring buckets, dude. Yeah. Or I'm completely disappeared, detached from the mm-hmm. offense guy because I don't know where I fit in. Right. I'm not the primary ball handler, which is something he's running into. The thing about that, though, for me anyway, from an outsider perspective, mm-hmm. um, he's not going to get better at that right. without reps. Yeah. You have to give him reps sure. so he can figure that kind of stuff out. And so it's kind of this dichotomy, especially mm-hmm. for Spurs fans and, and Pop, I think, where it's like, what's more important, the future, the present, or the past? Right. And sometimes they're really too caught up in the future, uh, excuse me, in the past and the present. Mm-hmm. We need to start transitioning into thinking about the future right. a little bit more, in my opinion. Right. Because this isn't a good team. It's not going no. to be a good team. It's no. not going to be a contender. Yeah. Se- seven and eight seed is, is, seed is yeah. not good in the NBA. Daniel was going to hate me for saying this because I've been saying it to him all weekend to make fun of him for how much he hates uh, this line in, in Star Wars. But, you know, it's, you got to let go of the past. Yeah. Kill it if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, been saying, yeah. I've been saying it's kind of time to move on from the, the Patty Mills, the Marco sure. Bellinelli. Maybe yeah, even if more play, Marco Bellinelli, maybe, but yeah. But I'm talking about something that actually... Put them in a trade package. Sure. Send them on off. I mean, but Patty Mills will take a charge. Come on now. I I like how Patty's playing. It's nothing against Patty. He's just, honestly, even for him, he's more useful to a team that's better. Sure. You know, he's playing a really good six-man-of-the-year type role right now. Because it's, yeah. What does that matter for a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs? Sure. Maybe will make the playoffs. We'll get bounced in the first round. Well, it's still kind of important for a team, though, even with young players, to have those veterans around that are playing at a high level. A guy that's won a championship. Yeah. Kind of show them the way. Show them how he's done the Spurs way. Because when they do grow up, say, okay, well, Patty was my mentor. I saw him playing at a high level, not just like He's an example. Like, they can look at him and say, hey, this dude's coming off the bench. This dude, you know, he may not be the best defender, but... And I kind of joked earlier about him taking charges, but I mean, realistically, though, that is what he's valuable for on a team full of young talent mm-hmm. that well, is yeah. basing everything off of sheer athleticism. Like you have the Lonnie Walkers and the DeJounte Murrays. These guys are basing everything off and they're kind of the young core that or what's going to be a young core for this team going forward. And 
everything is athleticism to them. It's yeah. jumping through the ceiling. It's running past dudes. And sometimes you just got to stand there and get run over. Mm-hmm. And they see that with Patty Mills. And that's why I think he's well, important. It, it, it's, you know, if if this was Steve Smith, Danny Ferry, on mm-hmm. the bench type thing, okay. I would say, yeah, all right. But these guys are taking minutes away from dudes sure. who need to get minutes. Sure. And so I, I see what y'all are saying. I'm not trying to dismiss the point. It is important to have those veterans in. I'm not saying, like, get rid of LaMarcus, DeMar, and Rudy, and, mm-hmm. and Patty, and Marco. I have no veterans right. on the team. So I'm not I'm not suggesting right. you should just you know completely just turn it on But you can get something you, for those guys you can get at this point. For those guys, and I think those minutes are minutes that need yeah. to be opened up, like, especially in a team in a league say, that values three point shooting the way it does now. Like three point shooting is pretty Ooh, much everything I'm glad you right that now. Because I've been so mad about the Spurs for the past two or three years about the three point shooting. Yeah. They shoot it at a high percentage. They just don't. Mm-hmm. Shoot, they don't shoot they enough don't of them. them. <laughs> right. Well, well and, 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 the yeah. three, they're very busy taking long threes. Right. But I mean, look at look at how upset. I don't know if. Real quick, I don't know if Pop hates the three. It kind of has become the narrative. And I know he said out loud that he hates mm-hmm. the three, but it's not like Pop hasn't had teams that have shot in a lot of threes. Right. The problem now is it's that situational, he built though. a team that doesn't, doesn't shoot, shoot threes. Like, they, right. LaMarcus takes long twos. Yeah. Rudy is better at threes. Well, I mean, he hit five threes last night. Yeah. I mean, but so. He still yeah. would prefer to kind of do mid range stuff. Sure. Marv prefers to do mid range stuff. Even Patty, who's. He's a good three point shooter. Right. But he'll get in. He started. That's actually one thing I'm really proud about Patty this year. Is he doesn't do any of that long two stuff anymore. Right. For the most part. It's either you're going to get a three or he's going to go to the basket yeah, and get I, you I a like, layup. I yeah. like that. I just find it strange though. Like when we got, say, for example, back in the day, we got Richard Jefferson. Mm-hmm. At the time, we got him. He was kind of a star, right? Yeah. And he didn't shoot any threes either. Yeah. But what nope. did Pop do? They, Pop, after yeah. the first season, sat him down like, hey, you guys are taking these threes. Yeah. But DeMar's been here for, well, not going on two years now. And he still kind of refuses to take these threes. Yeah. It, and weird. then there's a story yeah, about Pop. Sitting guys because they didn't take threes when they had wide open threes. We used to talk about that all the time. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. it used to be Pop has to beg people to take these threes right. that he wants them to take. And yeah. for some reason now it's become Pop hates threes. Well, because it's no Which, longer situational. Yeah. When it was situational, when it was like we can pass the ball around and get the best possible shot, and nine out of ten that's probably going to be a three, but it's going to be a wide open three. So when there was a point where that was what we were talking about, it was a, it was great because that's that was the goal. Mm-hmm. But now what he doesn't like, or at least the impression I get that he doesn't like, is the come down, there's 20 seconds on the clock, I'm going to jack up a three, oh, and I'm right. jacking uh, it up from the logo. Like, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not running any offense. Like, unless you're Steph Curry. I don't like that. Why are you doing yeah, that? Right, I'm nobody like, does, but I feel like that's what he doesn't like. Well, I don't well, feel like it's... You people, Steph, Clay, Kevin Durant, sure, Kyrie right. Irving. Like, some people, nowadays, the way the game's evolved, they mm-hmm. do have a pretty decent clip to where... It actually would affect someone's defense in terms of kind of having right. to guard them out that far. True, yeah. and if you can do that, you probably should a little bit. But where I would push back on that a little bit is people see that mm-hmm. and they kind of make that the only thing. Mm-hmm. When you see you see a Clay and you see a Steph, those dudes are creating good looks as well. Like right. They can also do that, right. which is valuable. I'm not trying to say it's not. Right. But they also do the thing where we're going to pass the ball around mm-hmm. and get a really good shot and get mm-hmm. a wide open three. They do that right. more so, I think, than sure. they do the... You know, Steph will go on his little binges where he'll get crazy and right. be like, and why he'll, he shooting yeah. these? But he's hitting all of them. Right. And yeah. so will Clay, of course, if they get hot. But for the most part, the offense and the way Steve Kirk coaches it, um, Kyrie's more of an exception that I, that I would see because he's never really been in offenses and he's never really allowed himself to be in offenses where he doesn't just kind of come down and do whatever he wants and take right. shots. Yeah, but the, uh, for the Warriors' perspective, and I think a more championship mindset is, yeah, we have that in our bag and we'll go to it if we need to if, or if we get hot. Uh, and, and it will shift the defense's ideas and the way they see the geometry of the court, but we'll also work it around and get our wide-open shots as well because that's how you consistently have a good offense and win games. So, right. So, yeah, the point taken, but also I, I think 
that sometimes that becomes, especially in today's era of basketball, mm-hmm. that becomes the only thing that people see. Agreed. Uh, like a Trey Young who's kind of taking that and put it on steroids. And sometimes I'm just like, what are you doing out there? Yeah, you made yourself a star, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, get that paper, Trey. Oh, yeah, I'm, you I'm, get paid I'm, off of that. I'm not, I'm oh, not yeah. saying don't get that paper. Homie. I don't want you to get any, any rings, but yeah. <laughs> get that money, though. <laughs> For real. You can buy some rings if you want. Secure you know the bag. There you go. I mean, that's where we are now, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I, I get what you guys are saying, and I think maybe, and again, this is a complete outsider's perspective on it, obviously, is I think the Spurs kind of see it whereas people don't guard the long two anymore, mm. and so with a... So let's just keep you, taking it. Yeah, the way he you say, he's like, he's looking for the best shots available, mm-hmm, the ones mm-hmm. that people aren't going to be guarding, that is kind of the long two. Yeah. Um, that actually somewhat worked better. I think teams are now like, okay, you're going to take this long two. So I actually think mm-hmm. you're seeing less of that because right. you're seeing a lot of contested long twos this year. Yeah. And especially early in the season, they were taking a lot of contested long twos. And yeah. those absolutely need to be erased from basketball memory. If you're taking contested long twos, no. Yeah. I, you know, last night, I really hope wasn't like an anomaly. I really hope last night. Not maybe to that extent every single game because they took over 33-pointers and they hit like uh, 19 of them, I think, maybe 20. So I I don't think that would that's going to be the norm, but I think the offense needs to – they should be looking at that tape and saying, okay, are we getting these opportunities every game? And, you know, are we willing to – shoot you know if they're shooting 15 a game and I, I i don't know that that's the exact number but i think it's somewhere in that range which is not enough but if they're shooting somewhere in the range of 15 to 18 three-pointers a game um honestly in today's you know as far as just keeping up with some of the better three-point shooting teams you can hit 10 of those or nine or 10 of those and you're still not competing with yeah, it, with exactly. these teams that are taking thirty five of them every game, Minnesota's taking like forty. Or 50 right, so you can't compete <laughs> with those teams, yeah. Because even because if you're taking forty plus a game, if you hit thirty percent of them, you're still hitting. You know, oh great, we shot fifty percent from three point. Yeah, you you took eighteen of them and yeah. you sh- and you hit nine. Great, well, that, that's nice. Well, you got to think of it. That's twenty seven extra points though, and that uh, that does become if, if okay, team, especially. You can the Spurs could survive that when they could put their uh, calling card on defense and they sure. kind of shut some. But they can't do that anymore. But now they can't because those are twenty seven points. And they're not going to get back because they're going to match it with twos. So they're getting twenty seven points. The Spurs are getting eighteen points. And right. They, they lose by nine, which is how the math has gone most of the time this year. And you're starting to turn it around. Yeah. It's starting to turn around a little bit. The only way, if your defense is going to be as bad as the Spurs' defense has been this year, the only way to match that and to equalize that is with threes. Right. right. So, exactly. And you have to hit them. And the, and that's it's funny because we talked about that with Golden State Warriors. Oh well, they're a top X amount defense every year. And it's like, well, the offensive mindset of the other team changes when you're able to hit 18 to 23s every game Mm -hmm. and you have four guys on the court at the same time that can do it. Mm -hmm. Like it changes. So it's kind of like the NFL when it comes to, you know, like teams that end up up by, you know, like they average 35 points a game. When somebody, when a team averages 35 points a game in the NFL, the other team ain't running the ball. So don't tell me about the fact that you number one against the run because that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, you ain't number one against the run. If, if, if you were averaging 18 points a game, I guarantee you you're not, you're not number one in, against the run. And it's the same way with the NBA. If you're going to jack up 35 three-pointers every game and you're going to hit 30 to 40% of them, other teams are not going to play offense the same way. So I don't believe the whole like, you know, oh, that team is actually pretty decent on defense. No, they other teams are having to shoot threes that they're probably not nearly as good at you as doing. Mm-hmm. 
And they're not making them. And so, yeah, you look great. You look better on defense. But, you know, so, I mean, it's a similar philosophy. So I, I just think, like you said, they can't hang their hat, the Spurs, that is, on defense anymore. They have to hit these threes. And last night you kind of saw an example of that. They hit 20 freaking three-pointers. Th- three last and, night versus the Pistons. Right. And, and by the time this podcast comes out. Oh, my bad. Yeah, I keep forgetting the whole, like, yeah, I don't know when y'all going to hear this. But that being <laughs> said, yeah, I mean, they, they hit all those three-pointers against the Pistons. And the Pistons' mentality changed a lot because – you saw them going to the basket a lot early on because, matter of fact, I believe the first seven points were scored by Greg Monroe. And it was all dumping it down to him and letting him do his thing. Mm-hmm. And so, all of a sudden, you didn't see that anymore when the Spurs started hitting threes. Once they won three here, Forbes was hitting a three there. Four, next thing you know, they're down by 10 points. And then all of a sudden, they started shooting threes. And, you know, and it's something that they do. I mean, I, matter of fact, I saw, um, uh, what's his name? Blake. Blake, I saw Blake shooting way more threes than I'm used to seeing him shoot. That's, like, his, that's his thing now. I mean, that's his thing now. That's what I'm saying. Everybody who used to have a mid-range game. Right. If they had a and now it's game, like we're just going to back it out to the three-point line. He used to have a post game for a little bit, too. Blake yeah. was trying to create one for a Except for DeMar DeRozan. He's the only one. Right. Like, well, you know what, though? He's at least shown – if he's left open – and when I say, and I use that term very loosely because I really feel like he's been left open a lot. Oh, yeah. But there are situations where he acts as if he's not as open as he really is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I think we get spoiled because we see some of these other guys that really don't look like they open and they jacking up these threes oh, and yeah. hitting them. I mean, come on, man. Hard no never really looked like he open, but he like, fuck it, I'm going to shoot it. And then, you know, he's hitting them. So he's never, he, he's been open. He's just not been the same kind of open that some of these other guys have been open, and he just doesn't shoot them. And that's what we see is like, dude, that guy's three feet away from you right now, and he don't even look like he's going to attempt to put his hand up. Like, he's just going to stand there and let you shoot. I think we've also been spoiled, though, because who are our stars of the past? Yeah. Monty Ginobili, mm-hmm. he'll take the shot. Kawhi Leonard, yeah. he take the shot as well. Yeah. So we're kind of used to seeing that from our wing or yeah. from our players. Yeah. And I think a big thing why they need to take more threes is because, like, who are your main three-point shooters on the team? Right. It's Marco, Patty, Bryn, Mm -hmm. and what can't they do? Play defense. So if they're not taking threes and they can't play defense. They need to be on the floor. There's no reason why they're To shoot threes, yeah. Like, you you should be jacking it up. (laughs) If ever they miss a three, then it looks even worse on them Mm -hmm. because it's like, hey, this is your one thing that you can do on the court, but you just missed a shot. So now it's, like, being magnified maybe ten times, you know? Yeah. The lack of two-way players on this team is really kind of showing up. And, and they've had that. Two-way forwards, really. Yeah, yeah. Forwards. and they've had that. There's not I a mean, lot of size right now. Yeah. There's not a lot of... Dan- Danny Green a was of, a bigger a bigger loss than people want to give, you know, want to really give credit for. Um, 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 uh, Davis Bertans. Oh my (laughs) God. That was so such a, and they really, they were going to replace someone who could do both. It would have made sense. Right. But my point is, is like, you know what? It, it, you look at the fact that he's not there right now and you know, he would have been a huge part of that rotation. You know it. He might, possibly have even been starting yeah and it's like you look at that and you go oh my gosh because you know it wasn't designed that way well, yeah, you know and, that wasn't and a and design as, as far as like the, you know yeah the geometry changes completely because there's sometimes where the lane because there's all mm-hmm. these people trying to take these long twos the sure. lane is just smushed together yeah and there's just no one getting any open shots like right. marcus and demar just taking contested shots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you could space it yeah with a davis bertans it makes all the difference or yeah marcus morris if he had actually 
stayed here. Yeah. That makes all the difference. Yeah. That's the difference between having a Yaka Pertle or even a Trey Lyles. Even as Trey Lyles has become more and more. And more you know what? I do like what I'm seeing out of him. Open up the floor yeah. because now you have to respect his three. Yeah. Now you have to respect his bounce a little bit. Mm-hmm. So if he continues to grow on the offense, yeah. that will alleviate some of that, mm-hmm. you know, some of the lost. Uh, Lost resource from mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. Dallas Patron trade. Right, yeah. his his growth has been important. Yeah, and it's actually somewhat paying off that that you know Pop decided you know I'm going to start this guy. I'm yeah, keep buying. I think toward the end of the season you're going to start. I mean, he's already. I, I feel like he's he's definitely worth you know picking him up. I think toward the end of the season we're gonna he's going to even be better. So I think um, you know there's going to be. I cannot. I know people make fun of the whole and Pop we trust thing. I cannot possibly believe that by the end of the season, toward the end of the season, when things are getting down to the point where, you know, everybody's jockeying for a position, I would be utterly shocked if he hasn't sort of narrowed in on a particular lineup that he really, really likes and it's super effective. And it's probably going to include Lyles and it's probably going to include, you know, some sort of version of, 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 I think, Derek White and um, DeJounte Murray on the floor. I really do think it's eventually going to get to that point. And I think a lot of it's going to include DeJounte Murray playing more off the ball um, and just kind of letting him use his athleticism where he may play the other team's point guard defensively. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that he would be the chief guy. I think he's going to let Derek White run the offense again like he did last year. But also, you don't have as much of a need for Derek White to be the primary scorer like you saw toward the end of last season. Because when they went into that Denver series, let's be realistic, Denver figured him out. Yeah. And that's really why they ended up winning that series is because they figured out after that 36-point game, it was like, oh, okay, we got to do something about this dude. And they just kind of figured out, not necessarily stopped him as much as just figured out a way to neutralize what he was doing and not have as much of an impact. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I I think, yeah. They started putting their best defender on him. Sure. So that became incumbent upon DeMar to kind of take over. Right. The thing is, the spacing wasn't there, so DeMar Mm -hmm. was crunched. And so they were able to do both things at once, which is never optimal. (laughs) Like if you can take – if someone's dominating a series – and they can take them away too mm-hmm. while also still taking away the other guy. Yeah. It's bad news, Bears. I don't know, Dee, because I mentioned this when we made the trade for DeMar that he's known for disappearing in the playoffs. Yeah. So when he well, did that in the series, I wasn't too pe- surprised. Pe- people like to do the clutch thing. I'm not saying DeMar is, I'm not going to come down on the debate, but there's a reason why DeMar goes away in the playoffs. And it's not just because he's like some dude who's afraid of the playoffs. And there is an aggression problem as well. Mm-hmm. But there's the the reason there's an aggression problem is because he's not seeing the same sidelines that he would see during the rest of the season. They start, sure. When the when the playoffs come, the court gets compact. And his game isn't good for a compacted court. Right, because he drives to the basket. Because he drives like, to the basket. Primarily. He doesn't get yeah. a lot of fouls, especially in the right. playoffs. He doesn't get a lot of fouls. Right, because they're going to play him tougher. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he does. Uh, he, the mid-range is going to start getting contested. People are going to start closing out harder on those. Mm-hmm. They're going to start making sure you don't get those. Mm-hmm. The defense is allowed to now key in on him because he's the best player right. in Toronto. He was the best player somewhat last season. Yeah. And so I think that's the reason why you get to that space. And I know it doesn't really matter, but you got to think about, like, why are these things happening on the basketball court? And well, from a from an outside of a narrative perspective, it's because the court is becoming smaller and he can't play well in those yeah. spaces. That might be true as well, but they had a bit more spacing in Toronto when he was there in terms of having Serge out there, Kyle Lowry, and some other shooters yeah, and at such. The, at the tail end for him. Well, he, it, it, was it, always, it comes back to lineup. True. You know, yeah. If you can put certain guys out there. You, and it wasn't you like know. those teams weren't. Successful, they they yeah. just ran into LeBron James. So, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of it's a lot of different things. It's not just right. one thing, obviously. And and like I don't want to completely dismiss the idea that he just 
isn't aggressive enough in big games, which kind of comes down to a clutch mindset or whatever. Sure. I don't want to dismiss that offhand. I just think that so often we get caught up in narratives and stuff. But, like, last year specifically, for me, when I was looking at that series, I'm like, well, there's no space, and he doesn't know how to operate yeah. that. And that's there's the a reason why some guys look better in the playoffs. figure that stuff out. Yeah. Right. And he's not that. But, you know, we know he's not that. So right. it's kind of like, you know. So with that in mind, do you think they're going to keep the team together for the year? Or do you think they're going to maybe blow it up around what, the trade deadline? The thing, because it was funny, when you said in Pop We Trust, me and Pop have kind of, I, I love Pop, obviously. Who, what Spurs fan doesn't? Yeah. But me and Pop have kind of become a confrontational, <laughs> confrontational sure. in, in the standpoint that I don't know that Pop's interests align with what I think the Spurs' interests should be. That's fair. Yeah. From a Pop standpoint, I think he wants to win and kind of not, I don't know that he thinks he's going to go out with a championship, but I think he cares a lot more about making the playoffs than than I would. And I'm saying there's no value in making the playoffs. The As opposed to just, you know but what, let's make some trades and let's some get some picks. He could make yeah. That he could have made last year that, mm-hmm. that would have made this team better for the long run. Sure. And I think he's a little too short sighted right now. Sure. So in my perfect world, we would make a package, maybe a DeMar and a Marco yeah. or a DeMar and a Patty. Yeah. And start seeding some of this time back to the young guys. Right. Um, and, and, and kind of build from there. You can still be a competitive yeah. basketball team while also getting better for the future, but I don't know that that's actually going to happen. Sure. So what, what, what do you guys think about that? How do you see the season playing out, and where do you think it lines up with the Spurs' future? Well, I know my hope is, of course, that they would start making some tricks, some young guys in, but yeah. kind of like you're saying, though, one, that playoff streak. Two, I think Pop... Pop is very loyal as well. Yeah. So he might be loyal to Lamarcus. Sure. If he, if he blow it up, then what's Lamarcus doing? Makes he sitting there like on a losing team, like yeah. wasting some years. And unless stuff. unless he's part of the. the trip. Yeah, but blow that might up. be a little hard yeah. to kind of get all of them gone instead yeah. of just like right. just Demar or something. Fr- or, frankly, like just selfishly from a Spurs fan perspective, I wouldn't want to get rid of Lamarcus. I think he fits a little more right. into what the future could be. Sure. In the short term, than what Demar does. Especially yeah. if he does what he did what he did against Detroit last night. But I don't know because it, it kind of depends on how the season's going to go. Right. If they start kind of struggling again like they were before, I think they kind of will be forced forced in a bit to kind of make right. something happen because it's like, okay, Ryan's on the wall. Either we're going to sign DeMar long term, which doesn't seem like it's really working out, or we have to trade him or let him walk for nothing. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, of the camp that – I'm in the camp that I, I think DeMar, it's a pretty good chance he's he's going to get traded. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be because – He's not a good player. I think, as a matter of fact, I think that's why he's going to get traded is because they're probably going to trade him for, well, yeah. Well, because he he walks. I mean, let's be realistic. Are are you really going to let him go and get nothing? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I just you know, front office wise, it makes no sense yeah. because he hasn't really shown. He hasn't given me or anybody the impression that no, nah, man, I'm a spur. Like I'm I'm not going nowhere. Like I I get the impression. Sure. And so I get the impression that, well, yeah, I mean, because you don't want to give, you know, you don't want to, like, give the team leverage. But that being said, I think it's beyond that. I just don't well, I think. Mean, why would he? Because why would he have any particular yeah. loyalty? I don't, yeah. And, and I just, yeah. Well. yeah. But I also, I just don't feel like he fits. Yeah. And I think he realizes he doesn't but quite fit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I do think that they try to get worst, something for him. Worst um, decisions yeah. that happen if he's still on the roster after the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. That's true. You start thinking about, oh, we're going to lose him for nothing. Worst, well, it goes back to what you said, though. Day. It goes back to what you said. Is he just looking short term and saying, let's just continue to make the playoffs because, hey, we get to the playoffs and anything could happen? Mm-hmm. You know, is he thinking that way? Because if he is, then I could see them keeping tomorrow. But if it comes down to, you know what? 
if, if I still think we can be hovering around where we are right now and we can sneak into the playoffs and we can get these young guys some playoff, which they've already gotten some playoff, you know, reps, you know, over the last couple of years, but we can get them some more experience. And then, you know what, maybe we get a good draft pick or maybe we grab a piece that we don't have that's maybe doing some things that we need a guy to be able to do mm-hmm. offensively and defensively, like a Gordon out of Orlando, because I keep hearing Orlando constantly with yeah. DeRozan. So, you know, you get a Gordon from Orlando and one of maybe one of these young forwards that they got. And then maybe, you know, hey, maybe you can see something happening. Jonathan Isaac from Obama show would look good in the spring. I'm just saying. That's, honestly, the Timbers are kind of falling off, so that Andy Wiggins thing might be opening up again. Hey. <laughs> Yo, I wouldn't mind. I'm maybe. just saying, you know. <laughs> An athletic forward who can score the rock yeah. and can play defense. I and he can shoot the three, man. I mean, so, I mean, or at least he's a willing three-point shooter. Yeah, we'll say that. Willing, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. thing about DeMar is that he's technically he's the most valuable trade asset. Sure. He's mm-hmm. the one who's going to come up from contract. And then trading him does open up minutes right. for a lot of people. And it just flat so out it, makes it sense. Because you know Lonnie Walker is, you know. To, you, to trade DeMar. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you'd be crazy to think Lonnie Walker isn't going to get more PT just off of the fact. Unless they grab somebody that is going to come in and immediately jump in, which I highly doubt. You know, like. Another guard. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. So, it's like you're guard heavy already, dude. So, it's like, yeah. Like, let that dude play. I mean, and and. You know, the fact that he's playing at all, and I know there are some nights where he doesn't get off the bench, I get it, but I mean, the fact that he's playing as much, you know, in the times that he's playing shows me that Pop has got some sort of respect for the dude because he's getting in games at good times. So, um, yeah, I I think, you know, he's a guy that, yeah, you get DeMar uh, DeMar out of here and you get maybe a pick or, you know, maybe some teams, you know, somebody young and and, and get them in there. Like I said, I feel like the forward position is kind of where they need to look at. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, you kind of work from there. So um, I don't know, man, we'll see what happens. But I don't know. I I don't want to say I like the trajectory that they're on, but I I just feel like this is a team that realizes we're kind of sitting right here on the outside looking in and we're not out of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like a very long rebuild or right. maybe a rather quick rebuild. Yeah, two, three years. Yeah. Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty soon. Right. <laughs> sure. If you they got the young it, talent, man. Yeah, it's if you there. hold on to everything we have right now, it's probably going to be a long it's, rebuild. It's, yeah. Could have forced a trade for one of those young pieces just straight up. Kawhi for one of those young pieces. It could have been very short. Pascal Siakam. <laughs> man, <laughs> don't get me started but on hey, Siakam. I can't believe. Jason Tatum. I'm like. Hindsight 2020, I would have taken Siakam for for Kawhi in the first round pick straight up. I'd have done it. Look at him, dude. He's averaging 26 a game. Like, make a bet on a young and he can rebound and defend. Especially because that team was kind of already ready made at that time anyway. So you could just stick a piece in, and then either it goes well, or if it doesn't go well, you blow it up. Yeah, you still have the young piece. Bringing someone into your offense who didn't fit, like DeMar, just never made any sense. Yeah. And now they've been a little bit abdicated because, uh, not abdicated, but, you know, vindicated mm-hmm. from a standpoint of they got a pick and they got Yaka Porter who will yeah. fit in. But still, that still doesn't seem like enough pack for the, the best player on planet. Well, I, right. I think it was because the way the team was built, because they obviously thought we had Kawhi, mm-hmm. the team was built laden with veterans, been around Pacific, you know. To actually compete, so like, okay, you can't just like blow it up now because we have all these contracts, we've made all these promises, so we might as well it's help just, out the players again and bring someone just, in to try to give them the good old good it, old try. It's so weird the way they did it, especially being the Spurs, because they felt it felt like they thought we could just fill these twenty points in yeah. with anybody, yeah. and it would be fine. When they should have just been thinking we have enough scoring, really. 
if we can replace his role on defense, especially because we're also getting rid of Danny Green, apparently. Like that's what you it would, makes you sense would, to me. And would, that's where Siakam looked. You would think really, that really they would good. Think, yeah. You would think they would think, hey, who can yeah. we get? Who's a defender who looks like they have? Get us somebody line? long that you know that just. You, I mean, you yeah. think if the Spurs offered, they say Kawhi, we want Kawhi, give us back Siakam in a first round pick, straight up. You think the Timberwolves, uh, the Raptors say no? I was under the impression that the Raptors were dead set against giving up Siakam is what I was saying. It would have went down to the the, the finish line. But but I'm thinking that the Spurs are asking for Siakam and other things. Sure. If you're just just doing it straight up, because then Toronto still has DeMar. Especially when you you read into the story that they didn't want to trade DeMar. Because that was what what they were claiming was like, because that's why he was so upset. Because the goal was the idea was we didn't want to do it, but we had an opportunity to get... Kawhi Leonard. I'm like, okay, so if that's the case, then why would you be dead set against Siakam? I get it. He's young talent, and you obviously know what you have, mm-hmm. but if you can get DeMar and get Kawhi... And you still, and you still have Kyle, and you still... Right. You still have the and and all you got to do is give up that pick, which so, ended up I mean, being, that, what, the 19th pick or something like that? So, yeah. I mean, yeah, man, come on. No, I mean, we, so, yeah. You kind of hooked him up that trade. And yeah, I don't know why really did. So generous in terms of helping and him out in terms of salary and everything. And now it's so, getting yeah. even worse, because now Brandon Ingram even looks like he might be good. Mm. But you know, he, he would never want to trade with the Lakers, though. Yeah, I know. That's just, it's that's the old, no, old blood. A little salt. Well, that's a, uh, I think that'll be the last word on the Spurs for this. this I agree. So we got, we got a little sad. We got a little, yeah. little mopey at the end there. Wow, wow, wow. So it's time for the greatest segment in all the land, Terrell. Yes. You've never been a part of this, Daniel. And then what the uh, Star Wars thing was? No, we have like a little. <laughs> Honestly, I so can see how we, we, can, we have a brief. We, we have a brief yes. segment that is it's kind of a rant. We spun it off into a whole. Yeah. I thought we had another two hours going, baby. No, no, nah, nah, it, it's a separate episode. Yeah, is this uh, your king? Is usually like when yeah. we so on this one. It's very brief. It's funny because he's like a he's like a conduit to what the other right is. exactly. So, uh, yeah, there's a in the in the actual weekend to take episode. Right. Is, a, is this your king? Which is generally a little more sports related. Doesn't right. necessarily have to be. Yeah. It's typically. Has, sports related more though. to do with sports and then we also have our spinoff show which you can listen to every saturday is this your king is this your king where we, and that's more about a well yeah i'm a shameless plug my own podcast on my other and that's usually about more about movies pop culture yeah so that's oh, the okay. distinction um but yeah it's time for the abbreviated is this your king segment <laughs> during the show the greatest segment in all the land daniel has now made me explain it which is fine so, That's cool. Uh, Probably important for the audience. So, Terrell, take it away as you uh, introduce the segment, please. Yeah, so basically, um, yes, I think it's pretty straightforward. Do you have a question for me? Uh, you, don't, you don't remember. This, this I, is I'm, great. This wait, is amazing. I'm working on it. This is bad radio. Well, the D-Aura wanted to talk a little bit about... Uh, about Spider-Man. He had some... No, no, no. No, that's the actual <laughs> Is This Your King. That's the next episode. What? Subject. Oh, okay, man. I didn't this, is a, this is a train wreck of a segment, and I love Derek, I'm, uh, just I'm, take it away, man. I'm laughing so hard. Now y'all made me forget, which is why I'm stalling. Because they no. didn't have anything but the Spider-Man No, thing. no, no. I have another thing. Oh, we're going to get into that, too. Oh, J.J. Abrams. Thank you. I finally remembered. J.J. Abrams. Oh, we forgot it. They probably wouldn't have. In this particular time, obviously, it's not quite about sports, but you know what? That's all right. Well, you know, so, he made me so mad. The, and actually, actually, I've changed my mind a little bit because I've kind of softened on J.J. Abrams, so I don't think I can. But I'm going to ask the question anyway, though. We'll just do it of Star Wars in general. Okay. Yeah. All right, we're going to go Star Wars on it. Not just J.J. Abrams, although he has a big part of this, but Derek, is this your king? No, you damn no. Hell no. Damn no. Ooh. What's damn no? 
Damn no. That's how you really feel, my brother. No. Damn it no. It's not damn my it. king right now. Damn it no. How, how dare you? Indubitably. It's so clear to me. And, and you know, I, I, I blame JJ for a lot of these sins, but I've come to think that he's probably not who I should be blaming for this. Hmm. I think I have to put the blame on Kathleen Kennedy, although I think she's doing the best job she can. <laughs> she's failed. She's failed. There was clearly... Episode three, you know, episode three, episode, I'm, I'm all over the place. Episode nine, Rise of Skywalker was not what anybody wanted except for a select few fanboys on the internet who just. Episode like, three of the really third trilogy. Like I, I, the fan, would fanboys really appreciate something I, I, like that? I have no clue. I know there was fan service. I don't know who they were marketing this to, but it has an 85% rating on Rotten That's Bader true. Some people fans. have said So someone had to like this. Somebody and I don't dug know it. who, and I don't know how, because it's clear that they didn't have a plan from the get-go. They, they, they've they just been kind of writing these as they go, which is fine when you're George Lucas and the entire vision is you, and you can kind of write it on the fly. But when you are someone who works in the same studio, under the same division <laughs> as Marvel, how do you fail <laughs> this miserably at making a plan and sticking to it? Take some notes. be different from Marvel. Take some no. notes. Look, man. Don't be different from Marvel. <laughs> nah, Marvel, don't do that. We, we ain't them. They ain't us. They get money. Yeah, we doing our own things. Well, look where that got How you. How much money hey, we made? They, they don't hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> Enough though, right? Enough to keep the lights on? <laughs> is, that where we, is that where we're Is at? that where we are? I mean, episode nine is such a disaster. It looks like J.J. Abrams was just cutting from mm. scene to scene to scene without mm. giving mm. any kind of mm. emotional buildup because he was just cutting from scene to oh scene to scene God. without giving any emotional buildup. We, we got the pew pew though, yeah, right? Pew pew, MacGuffin, 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 pew pew, MacGuffin, 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 <laughs> big finale. That, that actually is just a ripoff of Marvel's Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you are like them. <laughs> Maybe you want to be like them. <laughs> oh, we just don't know how. Just don't know how. <laughs> From every aspect of trying to extend this universe, they've just failed. That's so good. Uh, they tried to cram so much into these movies. The thing about Marvel is that they have enough time to do this because each main character in their universe gets their own movie. Star Wars is just three films. So you need to have a concrete plan mm. on where you're going to go with these characters and stick with it, hell or high water, or you're going to get a jumbled mess. So you're saying there should have been more films? either more films or less plot <laughs> yeah gotta choose <laughs> but it can't be three films all plot all characters all the time baby <laughs> well damn and so J.J. <laughs> Abrams the Star Wars cinematic universe as it's currently going right now not my king boom someday you have to find the, the will to forgive him now I've already actually probably felt <laughs> He's irredeemable. This was just, you know, me trying to make outstanding radio. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't stay mad long. If they if they get back to their roots and they can write another good story, I'll be back. So if you see JJ on the street. It's, 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 it's on sight. Hey, yo, JJ, if I see y'all street, it's on sight, huh, boy? You know what I'm saying? It's a problem. You're going to be like them two dudes shooting a bird at each other across the street. Because this film is so poorly edited and it's so uh, poorly constructed, and I think that AJ's uh, AJ that JJ's a much better uh, auteur than this, mm. and so I feel a little bad for him because I don't necessarily after seeing everything that's happened in the media and who's talking and what's what and kind of making sense of it for myself, I don't really feel like this is on him necessarily, but he's gonna be the one who gets the flack. Yeah. yeah. So from that standpoint, I kind of do feel a little bad for him. So my so that's why I say my 
I, it's more me being mad at Star Wars in general at this point than me being specifically mad at JJ because JJ he he actually even said it himself. I actually heard that I'm not really good at finishes. Like I don't really do finales well, and so even he kind of knows his limitations. But they needed a director. He was it, and they were kind of between a rock and a hard place. But it just it just shows, man. So should we be mad at JJ Star Wars or really? Why'd y'all put JJ in that position? Probably, probably a mix of Disney and Star Wars, though. It's hard for me to be mad at Disney because they do this successfully with Marvel. I feel like they just kind of left Star Wars to their own devices for the most part, and Star Wars just kind of messed it up. Mm. That's, that's true. That's why I kind of put it on Kathleen Kennedy. It was up to her to make a consistent vision. And I don't know. Maybe she didn't. She just got cold feet. But you got to make Man, we it. We're going to let you do you. you. stick with it. You, that, yeah. That's the point. You can't de- detour from it because then you then you end up with nothing. Like mm. if they at least stick with the original vision, if they had one, at least they have a cohesive story that people that some people would like. Now it feels like they have something that like maybe ten internet trolls like. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, Ooh. I think. It, 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 do you guys have any any thoughts on Star Wars before I sign us off? <laughs> I think you summed it up. All right, thank you. Yeah, we good. We good. We All right, so. <laughs> Stay tuned for our, for our next episode, which will probably be a, a pretty good one of a, a This Year King. As Daniel alluded to, it's going to be about Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man. Oh, he's, he's already Shouldn't sitting. be a hipster man. Oh. Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. So we look forward to more of that on the next episode dropping on Saturday. Uh, for now, we are going to get out of here. For Daniel Davidson, I am D.R. Lewis. That's me, Poppy, Terrell Huff. Hit him with the outro. The weekend it take, because the week may end, but sports don't.